Do you think that ever in her life, Jennifer Love Hewitt has had like a moment where she's been like really down on herself, and she just like looks in the mirror and she goes, "Jennifer hate Hewitt," <laughs> <laughs> and just like sad cries it away, you know. Jennifer hates Hewitt. <laughs> I think she probably has just had a real down moment. And, of course, we all know she has trouble with verbs and things. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So. Jennifer hates Hewitt. <laughs> oh, smash. She's also a Frankenstein. Yeah, Jennifer apparently. smash. <laughs> if you don't have a script in her hands, she talks like a fucking Frankenstein. Yeah. Just how it is. Welcome, dead and lovely <laughs> listeners, to the newest installment of the greatest podcast that there is. Yeah. It's a fact. It's true. Dead and lovely here with the host with the most. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. And we are here today to be talking about, I still know what you did last summer. Mm -hmm. Though I think a appropriate title would be, I still, I still know what you did two summers ago. And also, I remember the events of the subsequent year. Yes. And I'm angry about it. That's a great title. There you go. Yeah, that's really got some <laughs> charm to it. I mean, okay, I still know what you did last summer. Is it referring to when you thought you killed me and tried to hide it? Which was two summers ago. Which is, t damn it, that was two summers ago. Yeah, so I still know what you did last summer. It's like, it could have just been I know what you did last summer again or again? something. Yeah, because yeah. like. I haven't forgotten yet. Oh, Over the past two summers, you have fucked me and I'm angry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a great title, the too. The Ben Willis story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to be deep diving into this movie? Yeah. Question Series mark? of events on film? Certainly. Yes. Absolutely. But not before we catch up, shoot the shit, drink some cold, frosty drinks, and mm -hmm. all that jazz. If you want to get straight to the movie review portion, you can take that timestamp in the podcast description and shove it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Johnny Paycheck done told us. Yeah, he did. Take this timestamp and shove and it. Shove it. I ain't working on this podcast no more. <laughs> Speaking of frosty drinks, I feel like I just need to get a tug off of this yeah, thing. We usually too. wait a little while before we crack a co-beer, but we ain't mm -hmm. cracking no co-beer today. No, sir. We're having we ourselves a, a tasty a little mixed drink. dark and stormy, which is mentioned in this movie, but not made in this movie. No. More on that later. Mm -hmm. Why did they fuck that up so bad? I don't know. But How's man, that, though? Is that pretty it's good? It's awesome. Yes. This uh, this rum that Ben has Ooh, used lovely. tastes like, uh, like if you made the most delicious brown sugar butterscotch mm -hmm. ever and with that ginger beer it's very Ooh, nice boy. that's okay yeah. by me yeah it's a dictador uh colombian rum from cartagena uh-huh they and, got a lot of uh, dictadors they down do, there man, huh? tons of them and it's also got that q uh ginger beer it's like i think it's called like quite nice or something like mm -hmm. that ginger beer that i love because it's kind of spicy yeah not spicy enough i don't think you it could always go more. That triple spice shit. Who makes that? Uh, at um, uh, what do you call it? Trader Joe's. You can get a triple spice Jamaican. Joe one. the Trader. He's yeah. called. <laughs> it's Trader. It's a. It's it's got a good kick to it. I like yeah. that, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anytime you can get that gingery bite, yeah. it's got a little That's bit of heat behind it. Mm -hmm. mm, that gets a real good to me. A little bit of heat, just like right on your tongue. I'm very okay yeah. with that, man. How you been doing this week, man? You showed up to my place with some fucking new ink on that shoulder. I did. I got. I got a. I got a tattoo yesterday. It's of Bart Simpson, and he's peeing mm -hmm. on the Chevrolet logo. Well, listen. I like to let people know how I feel about things. Uh, Chevy might as well just not have a car. Mm -hmm. Just gonna break down on you. Why not? I reckon. Yeah, I reckon so. 
I never understood the difference between Chevy and Ford. Yeah. Because growing up, I knew people that had Chevys and knew people that had Fords, and I knew people who had car trouble, and they were both of those people. So We should do a movie about it called Car Wars. Car Wars! You know? <laughs> and it's like, in the recent past, rednecks argued over which of the exact same thing was better than the other yeah. one. And it was always like, you had the... the First on race day, <laughs> Ford! I Chevy didn't have one, did it? Was there one? I don't think so. Chicks have every version of you. <laughs> yeah, chicks have you, yeah. you sissy. Yeah, what? What? <laughs> yeah, I always remember those people having those arguments, but then the oldest trucks you would see on the road, Toyota. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so it, man. Guess, guess they won. I guess they did, didn't they? <laughs> How you been this week, man? Oh, boy. Okay-ish until... Um, we were supposed to record two days ago. That's true. And uh, I, earlier in that day, drove for the first time on the interstate. And uh, it was taxing, but I got where I was going and got back home. My, my brain was like, oh, that was a, a lot. Uh, and then I needed to come here. And I got about 10 minutes from my house. And my brain was like, you are not. You ain't going to there. You're not going there. Uh, yeah, it's just feeling like. A uh, lot of anxiety about driving, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was scary. It's not something I've ever had. Yeah, <laughs> it was a new thing. It's My new brain thing. was like, "This is the, you're dealing with this right now." You're kind of turning me off from ever getting a concussion. Yeah, I don't think I, you know what I thought it was going to be cool. Yeah, I was like, you know, this Sick. is a, you, you bang your head into stuff, you bleed, punk rock. Yeah, dude, fucking metal. I don't know. Like, I do now better understand. Uh. Because I've I've had I had a concussion as a kid. I ran into a a, a steel pole while oh. playing football. Just Damn, with dude! Some friends, just That's why you're a serial different. killer now. That's why I'm a serial killer. Yeah. Uh, but like, I don't remember that much. And kids don't have a whole lot of responsibility, so it wasn't like my brain was overly taxed ever. But now as an adult, uh, yeah. Since I've had a concussion, the days where I either I, if I don't get enough sleep. Or I don't like eat right or whatever. I've been feeling like cloudy and shitty. Look out. So I have to, I guess, keep up a good diet and exercise or something. Ew, gross. And also wait. That's because your brain takes a while to repair. I guess it does. Yeah. All right. That's fair. So, but beyond that, it's been a a solid week, man. I went and got a tattoo that, uh, you know, I'd had an appointment for for a few months. Had no idea what I was getting until about. Six days ago? Yeah. An uh, impulse tattoo. Kind of, yeah. It was just, I want a tattoo. That was it. And I trust my tattoo artist, and he has a lot of cool designs. I'll just pick one. And that's what he did. Nice. And it ended up nice. Pro move. I don't know why, but like I've been thinking about getting tattoos lately, and I don't know why. It's just out it of nowhere. Like, very recently as well. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you got I mean, your first ones just a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, well, I actually just got this one and this one within the past year. Well, that's back when you was my age. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Maybe this is just something that hits when you reach a it certain made, age. I think, like, you know, especially if you have anxiety brain when you're young, it's like, I don't know. No tattoo. What? Like, I know. No that- tattoo. <laughs> hey, Jennifer, hate you. It. Um, but, yeah, it's like anything I saw, it's like that w- in 10 years, I would regret having that. That's the thing that, like, I've always kind of stuck to is because mm-hmm. there's been things that I would be like, man, that would be really cool to get a tattoo of. Yeah. 
And then like a few years later, I look back and I'm like, golly, I'm glad I didn't do that. Yeah. That'd be a horrible idea. That's exactly how it was for me. And then now as a full grown adult with full grown brain, it's like, well, I, I like that. Yeah. I want it. Dude, I'll I look back it. on it because there was a long time there where I was watching all these great movies that came out during the 90s. And I was like, man, I think it's a good idea to get a, a Weinstein Brothers <laughs> tattoo as a tribute. Sure, I'm glad I didn't do that. You know, seriously, that is a, a thing, too, for me. I think I've said it before, like before I got tattoos when we were doing the podcast, that like you never know if the tattoo you get becomes the next swastika. Yeah. You don't know. Like, because Pepe the Frog. Literally, I was about to say. Yeah, yeah that, you might have gotten that done years ago because it was like an inside joke on 4chan or whatever. And now well, it's just no, like, oh, you're probably a fucking it, It's piece a comic series. Yeah. That has nothing to do with right, exactly. like any of that shit. So like you may have just enjoyed that, got that tattoo, and then those assholes adopted it, mm-hmm. and now you're stuck with around. it forever. Yeah. It's yeah. So I understand that stress, which is why I I've went with. Uh, I think you have to find a tattoo artist where you like their work totally, and like the subject matter and stuff. And you don't, yeah, you don't want to get like this band or that movie necessarily. Though I have a the witch tattoo, but uh, when you look at it, it's like that just looks like a witch's Sabbath, Woo-hoo, which is witchy, witchy tattoo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I'm kind of addicted to them now. Yeah, and I heard that that's a thing. Got that ink addiction. Yeah, the devil in you. It does. I mean, to me, it doesn't really. I don't feel much, and like, like right now, I can slap it. I just got it yesterday. It doesn't hurt. But my wife, like, for three to five days afterward, it's super sensitive. Oh yeah, touch. yeah. If I was like that, I probably would have gotten one and never gotten another. <laughs> one and done. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've I've had a good week. How about you? Nice. Yeah, it's been good. It's been um. Fucking hectic. Jeez, yeah. dude. I'm serious, man. I know I keep saying it, but like real life just came back Oof. real fucking fast. Mm-hmm. But I have had time to watch a flick or two or three. Starting off with a little film from the UK, isn't it? Uh-oh. It's about a couple of blokes who get their willies out and do some joy writing and dancing about. Okay, so one of the Bond movies. It's the Full Monty, isn't oh, it? Oh, Full Monty. Yeah, oh, all right. All right. All right. <laughs> Dude, I hadn't seen that movie since probably, like, the early 2000s. Yeah. Probably right after it came out, Yeah, really. that's, I saw it when it came out on, on video. Yeah. I remember thinking that it was okay then, but now yeah. it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, when you're younger, I don't... Because I, I didn't get into it too much. It was like, whatever. Some oh, old, we don't want to see these blokes willies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's so fucking funny, man. And just, like, subtle in a lot of ways, but, yeah. like, really cute and sweet in that British way, you know? Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Okay. Also watched a little flick called Starship Fucking Troopers, which Hell was yeah. the right move. That's awesome. Okay, dude. Whenever that movie came out, which, you know, that was like a million years ago. Yeah. People got so pissed off at it because they're like, it's goofy, it's stupid, blah, blah, blah. How can you take five seconds of this movie seriously? Like, the, there's yeah. no way. Yeah. It's not supposed to be serious. Yeah. I think that's why they were upset. Because oh, they anyway. wanted it to be serious, you know, because it's about space and shooting aliens. Oh, they're not doing their part. I'll tell you that. I Well, and then a ton of them like the movie and have no idea what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, pretty much. <laughs> Starship Troopers was a real mixed bag when it came to people liking it. Yeah. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah, And I'll it's tell great. you, man, like a lot of the special effects and stuff still hold up pretty good. Do they? Okay. It's not nearly as bad as you think that it would be considering mm. its age and the fact yeah. that they're using quite a lot of CGI. Yeah, the 90s CG. Yeah. yeah. Still is pretty damn good. 
And I'll tell you, man, after watching fucking Tammy and the T-Rex, uh-huh. it has completely changed my outlook on uh, Denise um, Richards. Denise Richards, yeah. Because yeah. like, now I'm watching her in this being like, oh, yeah, she's not like cute bimbo in yeah. this movie, eye candy, whatever. Like, No, she's she always knew what she was doing. She always knew what she yeah. was doing. Dude. People were just typecasting her a certain way, but she, she was always... Uh, she was always in on the joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, man. Yeah, fucking great movie. Doogie Howser's in it. Come on. Yes. Doogie Howser. Had a great time watching that one. We watched a documentary the other day called Cutting Edge. Okay. And it's on Stars right now. I think it's a Stars production, if I'm not mistaken. And it's mm-hmm. all about um, editing in film. Okay. And what the editor does and the history of film editing and stuff. I think you would really enjoy it. Because right. it has a huge section in there. About all the Russian stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. Where they were experimenting with getting certain emotional reactions yeah, yeah. by juxtaposing film splices together and shit. Yeah, because they, they, they didn't have film to make film, but they had films that were already made. So they worked on editing those films so in different strange. ways to see how, yeah, it's, yeah. But the, I mean, that that's the kind of uh, early Soviet genius, too, where they were trying to look, I mean, part of it was, how do we make the most effective propaganda? Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, how, how do we make people feel a certain way about the Soviet Union? But it was it was that, like, very scientific approach to human emotion and, uh, and art and thing like, things like that. Yeah. That brought about a lot of really cool, interesting stuff. I think you'd like this documentary Yeah, I'll a have lot, to check it out. Man. Cutting Edge. It was definitely worth watching. Uh, the other night we watched a movie. What has a cast... That is just so fucking stacked that it's insane, and okay. I hardly know anybody that has seen this movie. All right. Uh, let me just k- toss you some credits here. Allison Brie. Oh, I love her. Dave Franco. Okay. Uh, Kate Micucci. M- Kate Micucci. Yeah, Micucci, yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise known as Dead Tooth <laughs> yeah. from Raising Hope. Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Love her. John C. Riley. Okay. Molly Shannon. All right. Fred Armisen. Okay. Jemima Kirk. Okay. Nick Offerman. All right. Paul Reiser. All right. Um, let's see. That's the majority of the big names and stuff that are in there. The movie's called The Little Hours. Oh, I've seen The Little Hours. I thought that's what you were talking about once yeah. you said Aubrey Plaza and, and Alison Brie. Yes. Like, I don't know hardly anybody that has seen it. And really? the cast is just stacked out the fucking roof. It's funny. Roof. It's very And funny. I guess it's, like, mainly all just improv, right? Yeah. It's, hmm. it's, um, it's very funny. It was pretty fucking funny. Yeah. There's times in there where I'm like, there's a lot of the fact that these women are forcing themselves on this guy mm-hmm. sort of unwillingly. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, that's a little unsavory. Right. But there's some other stuff in there that's really fucking funny, man. I think it's kind of, it's kind of playing on the horny nun trope. Totally. Yeah. Oh, absolutely so, that, man. Like, yeah. yeah. It, it's it was about a bunch pretty of horny accurate, nuns at a by the way, because most of the women in those nunneries either were sent there because they had had sex. Or were sent there to prevent them from having sex so they didn't have babies so that they didn't clog up the bloodline. Yeah. So they wanted to fuck. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> they weren't they were like, still I love there. that Jesus. They They're... were like, I have to be separated from the world, otherwise I get to fuck. I, like, I don't what? know. <laughs> but you know they were still scissoring and stuff over well, there for sure. I mean, if they were into ladies or, you know, whatever, I guarantee that shit was happening. Scissor me timbers, they Scissor say. Scissor me timbers. If you ever look up about like seriously that the the history of like nunneries and monasteries mm-hmm. is very interesting and seedy as fuck and very wow. gross at, at points, but also monks were mostly just figuring out how to make alcohol all the time. Just a bunch of dudes hanging out yep. making beer. Yep. I think I've been a monk a few times with my friends. Yes. Now that I think about it, did I accidentally become a monk for a weekend? I guess I did. Yeah. Oh, and they were fucking each other as well. Too. Okay, we didn't do that. 
Oh. Yeah. We well, didn't do that. You know. Missing ingredient. <laughs> Better luck next Maybe time. Maybe it adds a little bit of spice to the evening. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> and uh, we also watched Fear Street 1994 okay. last night. Yeah, I watched this last week. Um, what would you think about it? I thought it was okay. That's how I felt. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Like, it really felt like it was made primarily by the same people that did, like, uh, like the Sabrina series. Yeah. Okay. It was, like, a little Blumhouse-y, mm-hmm. but better than your average Blumhouse yeah. flick, I think. Like, if that's the bar of, like, modern, you know, cheeky horror is, like, right. Blumhouse stuff, this is a little bit over that. Yeah. Um, total, like, scream intro and stuff yes. there, of course. Some good kills. The, Some the, good kills. Like, uh, the deli slicer thing. Oh, I man, was the like, bread holy slicer. shit. Shit. You know what that reminded me of? It's fucking Intruder. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, remind mm-hmm. me a lot of that, man. Yeah, there's fun stuff in there. Um, as you said on last week's episode, 1994 was not that woke. No. It was not at all. No. Um, it, again, it's always good to see representation of stuff on screen. Sure. It's also not how it would have been handled in 1994. Exactly. And there's there's so much stuff in there, dude, where like, okay, I know it's supposed to be 1994 as fuck. Mm-hmm. It looks like it was filmed next year. Yes. Like, it looks super polished. All the lighting yeah. and stuff is very, very modern. And people are wearing those clothes again. That's so, literally what I was like, about to say, dude. I look out the window of the apartment on club nights, and everybody's wearing 1994 fucking yeah. clothes anyway. Like, while we were watching it, I was like, if at any point somebody just pulled a cell phone out of their pocket, it wouldn't look out of place no. at all. I kind of expected it a, a few times. Like, I kind of expected they would just be like, and I have a cell phone for some reason. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Because it really just did not feel like 90s. 1994. No. And also, too, like the music timeline made no sense. <laughs> you know. 1994, but they're playing like Fat of the Land by Prodigy right. on there. Yeah. Like four years till it even came out. Oh, even that Bush song, like it had come out in 94, yeah. but it wasn't popular until 96 because Bush didn't hit until 95. Like, right. Dude, the soundtrack was like stacked as fuck. Yeah. It was songs It was on every top of 90 songs. song. And yeah. don't get me wrong, I loved it. Dude, it was like Portishead on yeah, there. Yeah, it was awesome. Holy yeah. shit. It's got really great shit on there. Yeah. But it also was like, yeah, but why is this continually happening? And I'll say this too. It also felt less like I was watching a movie and more like I was binging three episodes of a horror series. That is how it feels, and I think that that's what they should have done. They shouldn't have yeah. made it three movies. They should have been like, okay, this is a 10 Fear episode. Street. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because like the second one, 1978, which I watched this week, so I'll go ahead and say it, 1978, it has a real, like, a better uh, feel for the movies it's trying to sort of ape, Mm -hmm. because this, I guess, was going for Scream and some other stuff, but it's like, you didn't didn't get that close to it. No, 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 no. (laughs) Um, But 78, they, they, they really catch the feel of like... Sleepaway Camp and the Burning, that Ooh. overly aggressive feel, and it's shot on the same uh, uh, summer camp as uh, part uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Six. No shit, yeah, and dude, so it's it's got like a lot more cred to it, and it has scenes that you would expect from those movies, but it's also it, it is like it's its own thing, and I actually kind of. Once I saw 78, I kind of respected 94 more where it's like, okay, this is the aesthetic they're going for. They're not trying to capture these movies or this period. They're they're using those periods as like a stepping stone to present this story. Yeah. Which is very 2021. It doesn't fit the era it's in. But as far as the stories go, interesting and fun. I, I liked 78. It's, I mean, it's it's got more... 
witchcraft stuff than you would see in any uh, camp slasher. Okay. but I'm, I'm here for that. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I didn't have any problem with that part. Well, I'll definitely watch it. Like, 94 was good enough where I'm like, I'll definitely watch the other ones. Yeah. You know, and go in with the expectation of like, this will be fun. Yeah. But it sounds like 78 is going to be more at my alley Yeah, anyway. it probably is more up your alley. But again, soundtrack is going to beat you over the head because anybody who knows Camp Slashers know there are no popular songs in Camp Slashers. No, because they were made for like 10 bucks. There's Harry Manfredini. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's all you get, <laughs> yeah. man. <laughs> what else have you been watching this week? Oh, uh, I, I watched uh, The Prophecy. Which, the Prophecy is one of those ones I've always seen while I'm looking for movies, yeah. but never watched. Just Same. like Christopher Walken or something, right? Yeah, I and I didn't watch it back in the 90s either. Like It's just one that I have never seen, and I was flipping through HBO Max, and I was like, man, Christopher Walken spent so much time making these fucking movies. Like, uh, there must be something to them. Surely. Like, he was popular in the 90s, so uh, I watched the first one. Worth a watch. Um, Not amazing, but it does a whole lot of, like, building out this really weird weird world that yeah. they have so it's like there's some cool shit in there and is it like religious in any it way is. it is it's it's like basically uh, uh christopher walken plays gabriel and i think it's gabriel peter gabriel yeah he plays peter gabriel sledgehammer and, and he's like i wonder if i should make sledgehammer and mm-hmm. somebody's like you should and then he does it's one of those great biopics <laughs> the amusement never ends <laughs> Uh, no, it's it, it's like he plays Gabriel and he's pissed off at God, and he wants to lead like a rebellion. This sounds cool. It's pretty fucking like interesting, but okay. also a little long. Not great. Um, there's some shit that happens that's just like, well, why would that happen? <laughs> it, it's it's worth checking out, but I wouldn't rush to it. Okay. Uh, but one you should rush to, I think you're going to love, Shocker. Shocker. So, Silk the Shocker. Yeah, Silk, Silk the Shocker. <laughs> he's just... What was his jams? He's a no-limit soldier. Um, I don't remember any Silk the Shocker I jams. I remember him like guesting on other yeah, people's Yeah, he was stuff. on a lot of other popular no-limit songs. But yeah. Hey, I don't remember much of his stuff. Uh, but Shocker, it, it's a Wes Craven movie. Yeah? Uh, from his real weird period... Uh, between Nightmare on Elm Street and before Scream, which Dude. is, I think, there's so many misses in there, but he's got some real good, like, People Under the Stairs, totally. which we talked about. I think Shocker, not, it's not on a level of People Under the Stairs, but it's also on a level of, like, this is so weird that you need to see it. Okay. What's he about? Uh, so, <laughs> it's, it's about a serial killer who makes a packed with the tv devil and turns into electricity and can possess people that sounds awesome it's close to two hours and he doesn't turn into electricity demon until like 40 minutes in (laughs) but it's like those first 40 minutes are brutal as shit like he's a serial killer like goes into a home and kills entire families every other night like it's the type of serial killer you've never heard of <laughs> he is brutal as shit damn dude it's worth a watch it i think it's um i think that's also on hbo max i'm not positive, okay cool yeah um man i watched a ton of shit this week i watched uh, pet cemetery 2 with the the ice cream sunday folks how was that i heard it's not good never seen dude, it dude not good it's real bad but it's also like it's also like depressed like not fun bad oh because okay. like yeah. too many animals die Aww. <laughs> it's just too depressing hammer don't hurt them i mean it's expected when it's pet cemetery and animals are gonna die but this one yeah whatever 
Uh, I don't. I don't recommend that one. Teaching Mrs. Tingle. I don't know that. Finally one. knocked that one off the Kevin Williamson checklist. <laughs> now you're a real late '90s kid. Yeah. What is that? I don't. I don't know if I've seen that one or not. It's Maybe a, I have. Um. It's uh. Oh fuck. What's her name? Uh. She uh, was married to Tom Cruise. Uh, Katie, Katie Holmes. Holmes. There you go. Katie Holmes. Uh. And you know some other adult people you'll recognize. Jeffrey Tambor. Um. A few other people you'd recognize, but it's it's not really a horror movie. It's a thriller. I don't think anybody dies on it. It's kind of like Cruel Intentions, that kind of thing. Kind of, but yeah, they're basically they're uh, a teacher's gonna give uh, Katie Holmes a bad grade, and how they, dare she? They go to confront her, and things get messy. Look out! Yeah. All right. And then uh, I watched 1999's House on Haunted Hill, another 90s movie I've never seen. Oh, my God. How is that? I recommend it for the aesthetic, but the story is bad. So it's pretty much the same thing as The Haunting, right? Which uh, I watched a couple no, it, months ago. Okay, so The um, the Haunting is from the Shirley Jackson. Jackson yeah, yeah uh, House on Haunted Hill was a... Was Vincent a, Price movie, Vincent right? Vincent Price movie. Okay, so I think in my head I was thinking these were like two things based on the same story. Yeah, right. So House on Haunted Hill is the concept of, uh, I'll give you a million dollars if you stay can here stay here overnight. Right, okay. In this, the it's it's the same premise, but you have you have a character named Stephen Price who looks like Vincent Price. No idea why they did that. <laughs> who is like, a, he does like uh, roller coaster rides and stuff. And so like the concept is like how much of what is going on is real and how much is stuff okay. he set up. But that concept doesn't last very long. It pretty much quickly turns into, oh, it's actual real ghosts, like almost immediately. So, like, <laughs> I don't know why they set all that up. Okay. Uh, and then, man, you got the Phoenix in there, dude. It's got it's got Ali Larder, Famke Jensen, and uh, fuck the chick who played veronica corningstone and sonia blade right and ali larder and she look exactly alike they could be twins they could be twins yeah yeah so there were moments where i forgot their two stories mixed up all the time for wow. me like which ones because one of them is supposed to be like a, a high-powered vice president at some film place and another is supposed to be an actress and like they're they're the only difference is that uh, Veronica Corningstone is carrying a camera and the other one's not. There you go. <laughs> it's Character it. trait. Camera. Has yeah. one. But the aesthetic of it is funny. It reminded me of 13 Ghosts. It, just less fun. Wee. Yeah. So I, I don't recommend rushing out to see it, but if you've never seen it, it might be worth it. But the one thing that I have put off until this week, because it finally ended, Loki. Oh, I haven't even started it yet. Watch it. I've heard it's awesome. It's awesome. Like, I liked the, it. The biggest a lot. complaint I've seen from some people is people being like, "It was too complicated." And I'm like, "Good." <laughs> yeah, it's not. I mean, it's as complicated as your average Doctor Who episode. Okay, yeah. so not complicated at all. Is it fun? Is it serious? Yes, it's really fun. Uh, there's a good bit of seriousness in there, and we get to see you know some Loki character progression and all that fun stuff, but also just. Some great multiverse shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. And okay. it's really setting up the next phase of Marvel. I don't yeah. want to say too much, okay. but they they've set up the entire next phase of Marvel with this. No and shit. I'm I'm very interested to see where they're going with it. Also, this is no spoiler. Uh, 
at the end, it said that Loki will return for season two. So this is oh, apparently sweet. they plan this to be a consistent series. Okay, yeah. tie man. Um, without spoiling it, is there a cool villain in it? Is there some villain yes. action? <laughs> There's a great villain in it. Somebody I'll know, but I don't want to spoil it because it's not revealed until okay. the sixth episode. Got it. Uh, but yes, very great villain who I assume will be the the Thanos level villain for the next phase of Marvel. Look out! Yeah. Shit. Well, now I'm really excited. Yeah. How many episodes are there? Six. Six episodes? Yeah, and okay. they're only like 40 minutes. So. Yeah, so you can blow through that in a yeah. couple days. It's, yeah, well, now that it's all wrapped watch. up and I don't have to wait on more, yeah, that's, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, I did it week by week, and each time I was like, fuck, I wish I could just watch the next episode. Damn. Yeah, but well, I'm excited, man. I'm definitely excited about that. Um, and I still haven't watched Black Widow yet either. Oh, yeah, I watched Black Widow this week. I fucking forgot about that. Boom shakalaka. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I've seen peop- some of the people's complaints were like why didn't we get this several years ago and it's it like been nice i agree with that yeah um but it also it it presented a story that happens in between i i think it's after civil war and before the next avengers movie oh okay yeah so it's kind of out of time and doesn't really have a huge impact on anything that's happening now except uh at the end but well, you watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. They they did present in Falcon and the Winter Soldier like a perhaps subversive element with Julia Louis-Dreyfus, right? Right. So she's in Black Widow oh, okay. at the end, too. So there is some connection there. So I was I think, wondering what was up with her character. Yeah, I'm wondering where... Because like, there there is a, a good bit of sort of connection there, and I'm wondering where they're going with it. But I thought... I mean, it was awesome to see Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow oh, yeah. one last time, but also to uh, see David Harbour is playing uh he's he's basically uh if captain america was just super communist basically <laughs> it's it's cool like okay. it's a fun little character and then also uh what's her name from midsummer fuck oh yeah she's so great uh yeah. fuck what is her name damn it Somebody is like pounding on their dashboard. Yes. I got to get fuzz beat on that. Yeah, I'm gonna get fuzz beat on get this fuzz real beat quick. On there. But uh, she's great. Um, the problem is, is like, you know, you can use this movie and make the character Black Widow so much cooler, and then you're like, and back to reality where she's dead, and you'll never get anything else out of her. Yeah, that that was my problem with it. Is that like we're presented with so many like cool options for what Black Widow stories could have been. Like, yeah. if they had just done she's a Black Widow movie. She's got past and shit. Yeah, she's like... got all sorts of interesting... Also, Rachel Weisz is in the movie. Oh. Yeah, always like to see that. Florence Pugh. There you go. Florence, Florence Pugh. Pugh. Uh, she's great. And, you know, as I, I said before, in the comic books, uh, she becomes Black Widow. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm assuming that they're going to do a similar story. Which is cool for her for getting, like, some bitter-ass yeah. gigs. Because exactly. she's fucking awesome, she man. She is great, yeah. Very so, cool. Definitely worth a watch. I okay. Yeah. I'll have to scope it out, man. You know, I did forget about one more thing. The best thing that I watched What's this that? week, which was this weekend, we met up with podcast listener, old Justin Marion. Oh, yeah? And uh, and his whole crew, his wife and all them. And we went and watched the fucking Burbs over at Central Cinema. That's awesome. God damn it. That movie. I love it. Is so fucking good, man. We, we were, were going to be we talking about it. Yeah. yeah, we were going to be talking about it this week, but Neon Brainiacs did it a couple episodes ago. Yep. Our friends, we ben like and those Greg. guys. We don't want to take any of their. Lists. It's their two hundredth episode. They yeah. did the Burbs for yeah. it. We didn't want Go to check steal it out. on their thunder. Give it a listen. I've actually already listened to it. Yeah. It's a fucking fantastic episode. Awesome. That movie, dude. God damn it. Mm-hmm. It is so good. Like in every fucking possible way. The yeah. set design, the acting, the humor. 
Jerry Goldsmith's soundtrack yeah. is a fucking 20 out of 10. Yeah, I love that movie. soundtrack is so good, man. I rewatched it, I think, a, a, a year ago, maybe, and it was just blown away by that cast. Like, there's so many great people in there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not like huge stars, but like, if you were alive in the late 80s, early 90s, it's like, oh, well, these are all the people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right, man. I enjoy it. Now, Steve, before we continue any further with the show... I feel like you and I both need to have a moment of confession. Oh, no. I got one. We've both had moments this mm-hmm. week where we have realized our error mm-hmm. and our weakness. Would you, yeah. like to, would you like to start this dead and lovely confessional off? Yeah. So, dead and lovely confession here. Our pal Anna, who hangs out on Screaming Chat. She's awesome. Go check her out on the, the Instagram, Ango McDango, uh, on, on the, the booby dupes, uh, the Mad Beanie on Instagram. Uh, she, she's, uh, she's listening to some old episodes. She was listening to the Friday the 13th episode. She exposed your ass. And she exposed my ass. I expressed some anti-short, short sentiment in that. Dude. And listen, I was wrong. I have, con- I have confessed my sin and now I repent. Now you're free to last. Short shorts are the way to go. They're, they're the true freedom for mm. your thighs. You ain't experienced freedom. Till you've been in a store with your dick imprint just very much showing. Very visible. Yeah. <laughs> Here is all that I have. <laughs> what do you think? That's all I've got. Yep. And people are like, thumbs up. It just goes to show you how people can change. Yes, they can. Even when they're they're in their 30s. Yeah. And you We're know, still learning their ways. You Listen. can still change. And I've changed. What about you, Ben? What happened? My confession Confess. that I have this week. Okay, now this is just kind of a private thing between us mm-hmm. in our text messages, which are, if you guys only knew, mm-hmm. especially after we've we've been uh, consuming intoxicants uh-huh. late at night and we get to texting, <laughs> there's some great things that come out of these conversations. The other day, I was bitching to you about how much I hate this current trend uh-huh. of fancy garbage food. Garbage food? Tell me about it. I'm What's about that? some fancy old trash food. I'm talking about how you might go to a local fine eatery mm-hmm. and end up paying something like $25 for what amounts to a fancy way to make roller dogs and taquitos and creeper right. cut fries. Okay. This annoys me. All right. I find it just to be like, seriously, this is just garbage food, right? Uh-huh. But last night, I was starving to fucking death. We ordered so much food to go from Chivo Takiera. Mm-hmm. Tequilas and tacos up on Gay Street, Knoxville. Ordered a bunch of food. I ordered a side of fucking tots. Some totsman, you know? I love a tot. I put some tots on my taco. No reason to not do that. It got real good to me. Yeah. That's some awesome. garbage food. That's some trash. It's really not. I'm I'm going to question your inclusion of... You, I, you hate potatoes. Okay, here's the thing. Listen, I think listen, you listen. hate the people who eat potatoes. Okay. Oh, now you're, you're just calling me out here. Huh? I think you hate the Irish. Okay. Oh, okay. Now <laughs> it comes full circle. Got it. Got it. I see where this is going. You're trying to expose me in front of our audience of yep. millions of people right here. You're not going to do it. Okay, I'll say this. I love potatoes, but I have standards. I'm a little bit of what you could call a potato bigot. Okay, so what potatoes do you love? I love bok potato, bork potato. But you love. have said in the past that the worst part about a baked potato is the potato itself. Well, I mean, if you put a ton of butter and stuff like that on it, sure, it's great. Of course, yeah, it's a vehicle okay. for things. Gotcha. Love it. I love me some little uh, home-style, home-fry potatoes. Okay. Any kind of a chip, you know I'm a chipman. Yeah. I'm one of those big-time chippers, big chipper. they call me. But how are those not garbage food? 
Oh, they are. All right, but then how are they? That's my question. Okay, is how they're like two are bucks. They? It's like two bucks. Like if I went somewhere and they're like, "Here's some fucking thirty dollar Lay's potato chips," I'd be like, "Fuck off." Right. But okay, hold on. So what's the you're garbage? To figure me out. You're not gonna. Yeah. Do that. What's the garbage part? Is it the price or what is it? Yes. Listen, pro- Steve. It's okay. Like, it's like pornography. I know it when I see it. Okay. <laughs> It's just like our wise senators and stuff said years yeah. and years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it when I see it. I know it when okay? I see it, yeah. But I don't know why anybody would take something as, as lovely and innocent as a harmless potato and cut it into some big old fat, starchy, crinkle cuts. Yeah. You could just make some nice little shoestrings out of them. What's the matter with some people? Okay, so wait. The crinkle cuts are garbage. Shoestrings are not. Correct. Okay. I assume everyone listening right now completely understands you, but I do not. You be that way. Because a, a crinkle cut, that's four shoestrings, baby. Yeah, it is. But the surface area <laughs> is not the same on the outside. Okay, It's true. It's totally it is the true. Same it's deal. a different texture. You're yeah. right. Well, and the thing is, it's also ratios of starchiness versus crispy exterior versus um, salt or seasoning coating mm-hmm. on that. It's well, very, very much like the, the Reese's Cup debate. Yes, yes, yes. Where yes, the yes. ratios yeah, of yeah, chocolate yeah. and peanut butter are wrong in some of them. <laughs> That's that's where it comes down to is the 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 characterization of wrong and garbage. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> like with you, it's like everything on one side of a line is bad and wrong. Yes. But there's no like definitive way of knowing what that is unless you're in Ben's brain. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Vote for me. <laughs> Duh. No, you're. I mean, you're right about the difference between the textures. I. I, my wife doesn't like thick fries either. Uh uh-uh. And I get, I get like a lot of people don't like. I don't know what it is. I like a, thi- I like, I do prefer a crispy fry. Yes, I do. But man, a good steak fry, a good crinkle cut, I can handle that. Don't get me wrong, I'll still eat them. Yeah, I'll still eat on them. You know the thing about the crinkle cut, they do the the reason for the crinkle cut is for more surface area to sure. get more crispiness. But then people will make them, and they're floppy as shit because they didn't fry them. Exactly. It's like, come on, man. What a waste of time, man. Why do that to a potato? See, we found some common ground here. We found some common ground. (laughs) We both like a tater. Just depends on how you make it. The right way. The right way. There's a right way. There's a wrong way. (laughs) You know, Steve, the movie that we're talking about today is... I still know what you did with Summer. That's right. And this is a movie that was made in, what, 1999? 1998-1998. 1998-1998. 1998-1998. 1998-1998. 1998-1998. 1998-1998. 1998-1998. 1998-1998. 1998-1998. 1998-1998. 1998-1998. 1998-1998. 1998-1998. 1998-1998. 1998
There are. There, there are, are many. They are legion. They are legion, them covers. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I say, maybe we just take a little, just a little detour in that preview palace. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the palace. Ooh. The preview <laughs> palace. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. Pretty solid right there. And we're just going to take you guys through our personal top five favorite cover yeah. tunes, man. I've got a few here, but I went with, I think, a lot of what you might consider basic bitch covers. Look at you, Simple Steve, doing the basic yeah. bitch covers. I have some that maybe some people haven't heard, but my absolute number one for me. Are we going number one or are we going number five? All right, let's go number five. Number I'll, five hold, okay. I'll hold back Your on number five. Absolute number five. I my number fiveest. <laughs> the most five of uh, all. Yeah. I will always love you. Now, some people might be Ooh. like, that's number one right there, Whitney Houston. Hard to beat. It is hard to beat. Uh, Dolly's version is great. Whitney's version is great. Power singer, man. Good I, Lord. The thing is, though, I don't listen to either version that often. No. Uh, I heard it a million times back in 92 when it was on the radio and all, all over the, the place. Yeah. But uh, I, I just don't listen to them that often in comparison to the other covers on my, my list here, which I listen to pretty regularly. So I do love that. And Whitney did nail it. Yeah. She fucking Holy killed moly, it. Holy man. I think she elevated it yes. on the vocal performance yeah. side of things. Yes. Uh, yeah. The the Dolly version is not inferior in any way. No. Uh, they're both great. That's what you want out of a cover is that the cover does something different, does something new. Yeah. But it also, it it it's on a level. Or if the original song wasn't great. It actually makes it good. See, that's the thing yeah. with cover tunes. Like, there's a lot of times that somebody does a cover of, you know, the original tune, and it's like you did it just like the OG. Yeah, it's like why did why why do we need exists. this? Yeah. yeah, Gus Van Zant, Psycho, <laughs> right? Like, somebody already made that. We don't need <laughs> he more. He made of a it. cover movie. He made a cover movie. It's a new <laughs> genre, dude. Absolutely a new genre. But then there's other times that people do a cover of a song and they take it in a completely different direction. Yeah. And sometimes it's infuriating. Sometimes yeah. it's just downright confusing. And sometimes it's absolutely fucking awesome. Yeah, 100%. Or sometimes it's just slowed down for no reason, Zack Snyder Zach movies. Zack Snyder movies. Fuck, <laughs> like every movie trailer yeah. for the past damn 15 years. Yes. God damn, none of those are on my list. Holy shit. Girls just want to have fun. Oh, wow, so moody. It makes something that oh, sounded happy girls. sound sad now. Yeah. Wow. Wow, Wow, man. (laughs) But I'll tell you what. There is one batch of covers, and my my number five on my list here is actually just an entire song bank. Okay. Because anybody's version of any Bob Dylan song is better than the original one. Actually, All Along the Watchtower was one I was going to mention. dude. Yeah, All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix is a trillion times better. A million than times, Bob Dylan. dude. Yeah. I can't stand Bob Dylan's voice. I though. can't fucking stand him, man. Why does anybody want to listen to that? <laughs> nobody Why does, does. anybody want nobody. to listen to that? Like, I get it. He's a wordsmith. He's a poet. Blah blah blah. But when it comes out sounding like shit, I don't mm-hmm. care, man. Yeah. Like to me, it's the kind of thing where it's like if you went to a restaurant. And they're like, oh, we flew this Wagyu beef over from Japan, and we forged these truffles from the Black Forest two days ago, blah, blah, blah. And you praised all the ingredients and stuff so much. Then it comes up to the table, and everything's like burnt to a crisp. Yeah. And it's like, well, what's the fucking point, Why did you do this? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the ingredients were there. You should have had somebody else fucking cook it. Yeah. 
That, those are Bob Dylan exactly. songs. Exactly. Those are Bob Dylan songs. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody's version. He writes a good recipe. He doesn't make a good food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give it to Jimi Hendrix. Give it to Guns N' Roses yeah. to do some knocking on heaven's door. Anything. Just get the songs away from Bob. He's hurting him. <laughs> He's hurting his children. <laughs> All right. So uh, this one is another one where, uh, you know, two good versions of the song. But uh, Nirvana's version of The Man Who Sold the World Ooh. is... I. I think my f- uh, preferred over David Bowie's, though they're both still great. I honestly have to agree there. Yeah, yeah like the original is great and everything, but that entire Nirvana unplugged yeah, so good. is just fucking yeah. magical, man. That There's entire a few thing covers on there too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In the Pines is the on Pines, there. Yeah. A couple other mm-hmm. things. Yeah, that man who sold the world cover is great, awesome. dude. Yeah. That's a really fun one, man. What you got, Ben? Okay, this is gonna be a hot take. I know I got some uh, fellow guitaristas listening Uh-oh. to the show here. This might be a hot one for some people, but for me, Stevie Ray Vaughan covering any Hendrix song... Even better, you say? Is even better, in my wow. opinion, man. Okay. His version of Little Wing... Okay. I like better than Hendrix's. His version of Voodoo Child, mm-hmm. I like better than Hendrix's. Okay. I mean, part of this but is But you have said you're not a big Hendrix fan. Yeah, Hendrix is one yeah. of those guys, man, that the music has never clicked with me it's okay. never like resonated where i'm like he's playing my songs he's strumming my pain with his fingers wow. it's never been one of those i recognize his importance as a figure in the history of guitar yeah because if not for him the electric guitar would just be the louder version of acoustic guitar that's a good point he's the guy that yeah. took all of the you know so-called inherent flaws of electric guitar like distortion and feedback and yeah. made it a part of the identity of the instrument itself he yeah. embraced the, the the bad things about electric guitar so, massively important. I'm not saying he's not an important figure or anything like that. But, man, Stevie's versions of those songs, God, man, his tone, his playing, everything, I just fucking love, man. Like, I heard his versions of those songs probably before I heard Jimmy's. So, that might actually have some yeah, impact on Yeah, it might have some too. influence. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because I'm used to hearing it the way Stevie played it. Then I hear Jimmy play, yeah, Little Wing, and it's like, eh, it's cool, but, God, man. Steamy Ray Vaughn's tones, <laughs> unstoppable. I'm man. a Jimi Hendrix fan, so uh, I, but I haven't heard the Stevie Ray version, Stevie Ray Vaughn versions of any Jimi Hendrix songs. Oh, I've not nasty. listened to a ton of Stevie Ray Vaughn. Oh, okay. You need to get some steamy. I in your need life, to. Man. Apparently, yeah. Mm-hmm, Gotta go mm-hmm. check it out. Ben, this guy sucks. But his version of Sweet Dreams Are Made of This is better. I was wondering if we were going to talk Manson. Manson covers. Yeah, because yeah, he's also got that Tainted Love cover that's also really great. It is. It it's is. really good, actually. It is. yeah. I agree. He's a horrible, horrible he piece sucks. of shit. He sucks. He sucks, but, um, I mean, it's just like fucking R. Kelly. Like, you can't take away the fact that the Ignition remix is still one of the best jams out there, even so if slamming. he is peeing on Teenage Girls. Yeah, which he did. Which he fucking did, and he sucks. Yeah, Marilyn Manson fucking sucks. But that, I mean that that version of Sweet Dreams is fucking awesome. Like yeah, I like iconic. the Annie Lennox version. I'm not oh, it's fantastic. Again, I don't think I picked anyone where I don't like the well. Okay, there's one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I think his version of Sweet Dreams is is, and I actually didn't even think about it much. I thought about what you said the um, Tainted Love cover, but I was watching house on haunted hill and they played sweet dreams yeah. and i was like oh fuck right yes so yeah I, I think that that's still a great cover even though i haven't listened to manson 
basically since we found out what a piece of shit he is. Yeah, yeah. Just can't bring myself to. And I love that this is a real revelation to some people. Like, yeah. oh my god, I could never believe he could do wrong. And it's well, like, yeah. Well, yeah. We kind of knew he was a piece of shit, but we just didn't know the extent, the extent. of his piece of shittery. Yeah, yeah. real shitty, it turns yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally get that, man. I totally, mm. totally get that. Uh, my number three on my list, man, and now that, now that I'm at it, I'm trying to remember, is it Richard Jarvis or Richard Jeeves? That cover of Mad World. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's on like the soundtrack for um, uh, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and that, I love the original too. Yeah, the original is great. So but, good. Yeah, that that uh, fuck. Who was that? Uh, yeah, that that cover on on Don, the Donnie Darko soundtrack. I've heard it a million times too. It's great. It was just like. And it's funny because, like, when you go back and you listen to the original, it is a little bit more kind of happy and upbeat. And then the cover makes it way more, like, slow and sad sounding, which is usually a huge turnoff for me. But for some reason, with the subject matter of that song, and also it's just tied in my memory to Donnie Darko and stuff, it just makes so much sense, and it's so fucking good, man. Yeah, it was uh, Michael Andrews and Gary Jules that did Gary that. Jules. That's yeah. the name I was looking for. Richard Jarvis. Who the fuck am I, dude? <laughs> Richard Jarvis. Francis There's a guy out there named Richard Jarvis who like heard his name and was like, <laughs> oh, they're going to talk Who's about me? some of my famous covers. <laughs> he's done <Nope. laughs> He's done every Jimmy Buffett song. <laughs> and the Monster Mash. But he does them slowed down. Yeah, dude. <laughs> they did the mash. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. We're not talking about you. <laughs> I love that cover. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so this one, this is a, uh, also, I think Ben Gibbard has uh, been called out for being a piece of shit, too. Oh, no. Maybe another piece of shit. Who knows? Ben Gibbard uh, once, at a live show, played half of Avril Lavigne's Complicated. Oh. And it is one of the best covers of a bad song what? out there. Really? Yeah, because he has like a lot of emotion to his voice, and the lyrics of "Complicated" are not bad. I'm saying it. You're saying it, dude. Yeah, coming right I'm out. I'm not. I'm uh, just. They're not that bad. Um, but when he sings it, he puts a little bit more emotion into it. Now, of course, he's doing it as a joke, and he's like playing a, a little fun. Hey, what if I did do this type of joke? But. I think he should have just went for it and just sang the entire song because he kind of fucking nails the 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 feel of the lyrics that I like. I'm not a big fan of uh, the Avril Lavigne version. I don't really dig her voice that much. No, but uh, I too think Canadian. He, yeah, well, so like the whole time she's like Tim Hortons. It's like why do mm-hmm. you keep saying Tim Hortons? Hockey pucks. <laughs> Hockey pucks. Why you gotta go and eat all my maple syrup? <laughs> A hockey pucks. <laughs> but check out if you can find it. I I like. I don't remember. Huh, I'll have uh, to check it, this out. It's probably from the uh, go go check. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, illegal download torrent. Find a torrent. LimeWire. There you go. LimeWire it. Uh, cause cause <laughs> remember, remember how LimeWire would have like. Because people just posted whatever and didn't know who sang the song. So they'd yeah. be like, this is an Alanis Morissette song, I guess. And now you got <laughs> people being like, yeah, what if God was one of us? That Alanis Morissette Alanis song. Alanis Morissette, right? Yeah. Alanis Morissette sang every single song a woman sang in the 90s, All according to LimeWire. Unless it's Melissa Etheridge. Unless it was There's Melissa. only two choices. <laughs> only two choices right there. Yeah. But I lo- I mean, I've heard that, that cover so many times. And again, it's not even the full song. And it's just live. And it's just done as a joke, 
but I think he had so much more to a song that I was always like, when I would think about the lyrics, I would be like, I think she wrote a good song, whether or not she did it on purpose or accidentally. I think she wrote a good song there. Yeah. It, it could have been better, could have been improved by like the chorus though really hits and he hits the chorus really well. Okay. Well, maybe yeah. I have to give this old scope out there with yeah, my listening ears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you got? All right, so with my number two, I'm coming in scalding fucking hot because I'm talking about the greatest rock guitar player of all time, a recently fallen hero, a ginormous inspiration to me and many others. What you know about Edward Van Halen? Okay. What do right. you know about him? What do you know about his old band, Van Halen? Oh, was he in that? He was in the band. Oh, he played okay. the, the guitar in the band. Did he? Uh-huh. Wow, that guy did good. I yeah. liked him. He played rock guitar in that band. <laughs> and they did some covers. And they did them so good that a lot of people don't know that they're covers. Right. Including the one that really put them on the map. You really got me. Yeah. Badass. Now, that the is original badass. is still pretty yes. awesome. Yeah, nothing wrong with the original. The but, kinks. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, I think you're right there because, like, ooh, buddy. They had a way of taking covers and really elevating them mm-hmm. and making their own. Like, again, like, that one's still pretty close to the original song. Yeah. Same with Where Have All the Good Times Gone. That's another cover mm-hmm. that is kind of close to the original, but it's just so unmistakably fucking Van Halen. It sounds like yeah. them boys playing D- a cover. Them Halen boys. Them Halen boys. <laughs> And they are making it their fucking own, man. That's yeah. that's the definition of owning a cover. Yeah, you really got me. Yeah, I think so. Now, Ben, I got some honorable mentions for you. It's my number one. Uh, oh, I don't know good. if you do as well. Okay, I this number one right here, buddy, might be a little controversial because of what I'm going to say about it. Shit. But uh, Sinead O'Connor is the only one I want to hear saying Uh-oh. nothing compares to you. Ooh. I don't want I don't want you bringing no prints. Nothing compares to you because guess what, Sinead O'Connor did it right. Damn, she did it bald. That's she how you're supposed bald. to sing it. Mm-hmm. And I never seen her rip up no picture of the Pope neither. Well, or, wait, 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 wait. I never did. seen Prince rip up no <laughs> picture right. of the Pope. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> you know damn well what I meant. <laughs> she ripped up that picture of the Pope and was entirely right about it. Entirely right about it. Absolutely. And everybody right was like, it. "Fuck Sinead Fuck O'Connor," because the Pope. I love the Pope. Yeah. Who loves the Pope? Is anybody listening right now? <laughs> if you love the Pope, explain yourself. <laughs> explain what your the damn fuck? self. Somebody's in the car right now with their sticker that says "Honk if you love the Pope." <laughs> they're in their Pope mobile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're such huge fans that they're like, "I want to fucking do everything like the Pope," yeah. and they're mad as hell at us now. I listen, like, because like growing up, I didn't even know Prince wrote the song. Right, I didn't know it was a Prince song. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a handful of Manic Monday. People yeah. don't know that Prince wrote that song. Yeah. Fucking fantastic. But Sinead O'Connor's version of Nothing Compares to You is like just emblazoned in my head. And so if I hear another version, it's like, well, that's wrong. You've done it wrong. Yeah, it's not the right way. Yeah. Dude. Uh, which is crazy because I Will Always Love You wasn't that way mm-hmm. for me. And, it, and of course, I'd heard the Dolly song a million times. Dude, I can't say that you've made a bad choice here. I understand if, uh, you know, because Prince... People love Prince. And Obviously. I, I, yes. Why I love wouldn't Prince. you? Uh, and, and I think he knew as a songwriter that he was a great songwriter, but th- that other people could do his stuff in a way he couldn't. Yeah. Like, because he's going to do it his way. He's going to totally. do it the Prince way, and that doesn't hit with everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's why so many Prince songs, so many of the songs that Prince wrote that other people did 
you don't even think like Prince wrote that. Yeah, Because yeah. it doesn't sound like a Prince song. No, they've made it their own. Exactly. Totally. And he he made every song a Prince song. Fuck yeah, he yeah. did. Dude, and I'm so happy that you chose that because my number one yeah. is also a fucking Prince cover. Is it? Okay. And it's not only the greatest <laughs> cover song of all time, it is the greatest song of all time. Because I've mentioned it, I think when we did our American Psycho episode. Okay, I know where we're going. It's I Feel For You by Chaka yeah. Khan. Uh-huh, it is. Which is originally a Prince song. Yeah. And a fucking fantastic song. I love the Prince version. I think I love you. Uh, boom, bucket, boom, bad, boom, uh-huh. bad, boom, <laughs> that little bass hook in the fucking yeah. chorus. God damn it. But the Chaka Khan cover of I Feel For You. Yeah. I seriously listen to it multiple times every week. Yeah, it's great. All the time. I'm yeah. fucking obsessed with that song. It's so badass. Yeah, you're right there again. Uh, Chaka, man. Chaka. Prince had an entire industry surrounding him, basically. Like oh, yeah. he, he was just making stuff that that he could translate to anybody else like oh yeah like he it could be a very prince thing or he could give it to somebody else and they could make it their own thing totally man that's a lot of talent to oh be able yeah to do that. yeah he knew how to write songs for ladies too man yes he did like so many of his uh, songs that he wrote for female singers and stuff mm. are just damn iconic like the ones that yeah. we just named off right here so yeah fucking amazing i miss prince i miss yeah. prince the little prince the little he prince. was too young yeah i know too right? young to be dying yeah, yeah. Too much of a Jehovah's Witness, <laughs> you know. Just too you much. think that was it? As he was dying, they were like, "You want to? I don't know. Blood trans? Wait, do they do blood transfusions? No, they don't do they surgeries don't. That's or anything. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could have saved him. Who knows? Could have saved him. But I've got some honorable mentions that I want to yeah, put out here too for ones that were almost on my list. Okay, I got to put out one really obvious one. Again, this is a total swath of songs. Basically, any Leonard Cohen cover. Is better right. than Leonard Cohen's version. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. focus on Hallelujah yeah. and how many incredible versions of that that I heard before yeah. I heard the original one, which whenever I heard the original one was in fucking Watchmen. Right. And the entire theater started laughing because it's yeah. during that like sweet like love scene and stuff, but and you've got creepy-ass Larry Cohen. I heard Leonard there Cohen. was. Yeah. What did I say? Larry Cohen. Larry Cohen. <laughs> the director of the stuff <laughs> yeah, was Q like. the Winged Serpent was I in there. there was. <laughs> Sacred Cord. <laughs> that would actually probably be even weirder than that the would original be, yeah. Larry Cohen did. Yeah. But man, like all the covers of that song, especially the Rufus Wainwright version mm-hmm. that's on the Shrek soundtrack CD. Yeah, that's a great one. God, it's so good. And the Jeff Buckley version. Jeff Buckley. Fucking that's Yeah, that's amazing, the version I've heard the most, man. I think, yeah. So good. Any Larry Cohen, uh, Leonard Cohen. Fuck, I'm doing it again. <laughs> Any Larry Cohen song, I will listen to. Do you smell burnt Somebody... toast? What's going on? Oh, yeah. Right no, now? that's my perfume. <laughs> I wear burnt toast to make people feel like they're having a stroke. <laughs> All the time, yeah. man. It's a good move. Yeah, so enjoy those very much. Also, honestly, too, just any Rufus Wainwright cover jam. Okay. His version of Across the Universe by the Beatles. Uh-huh. Holy fuck. Amazing, yeah. man. That guy's got some good cover chops. Rufus Wainwright's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you listen to a lot of his stuff. So good. Um, one that I've been absolutely obsessed with lately is the Meshuga cover of Benzene by Rammstein. Oh, okay. Which is part of a Rammstein remix album that came out. And it's kind of hard to call it exactly a cover because Meshuga took the original vocal track from Benzene and just re-recorded music around it. Right. So it's still the original vocals from the song. It's just the guys from Meshuga playing a totally new song behind it. Yeah. It's so fucking punishing. Totally pulverizing. It's amazing. It's one of those ones that like anybody that's heard it knows how fucking sick it is, but it was really hard to find for a long time because it was just on this obscure like compilation album. Yeah. But now it's on Spotify and stuff again. I was talking with old Alex Wade from uh, Whitechapel about it. Mm-hmm. 
and he was like, "Oh, dude, he's like that's like the heaviest fucking song ever. Awesome. It's unbelievably heavy." He's like, "Yeah, that's that was our inspiration whenever they wrote, um, I think it's Let Me Burn, which is off of like a record or two ago. It was a huge hit mm-hmm. for them. After you know that, you'll listen to the two songs and be like, oh, yeah, I kind of see the connective similar. tissue yeah. there. Really badass. Um, one that just hit my radar yesterday. This is the last one I want to mention here. Okay. I was in the FedEx store making a FedEx delivery. Right. Giving them some package-ish and some money. To they make love sure that. They deliver my package That's their favorite thing. And uh, on FedEx radio, they started to plan a cover of What a Fool Believes Oh, by the Doobie Brothers, you know, uh-huh. Michael McDonald. Yeah. One of my favorite songs ever. I mm-hmm. fucking love that song. There's a version by Aretha Franklin. Oh, really? That is slamming. It's okay. so unnecessarily funky and filthy. It's bad as shit, dude. All right. Fucking awesome. I've listened to it like 10 times since yesterday. I should have. You know what? If I had thought about it, it just hit me. I I would have included Regina Spector's cover of Radiohead's No Surprises, oh. which is fucking awesome. I don't think I've heard that, but it's I do great. love a Regina Speck. Yeah, it's great. She adds her own Regina Specterness to it. It's, you know, uh, I think with a Regina Specter song, you just got to, something's going to happen where you're like, why is this happening? Yeah. But then the second time you hear it, you're like, yeah, I'm glad she did that. That was the right move. Yeah, I'm glad. You made the right choice. Yeah. She she's got some, you know, her little weirdness. She has just like a just a moment in it where the the piano gets real like light and she's just breathing, mm-hmm. which is like uh, only she would think like this is a good idea. This is the move. But it fucking it kicks, man. I'm like, hell yeah. yeah, all right. That's Regina the move. Spectre, yeah. She knows what's up, man. Yeah. Lots of good cover tunes out there. I'm sure we missed some of your favorites, and we mm, want to we hear what did. they are. Yeah. Maybe somebody make a playlist of these, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? Spotify playlist of favorite dead and lovely covers. Yeah, dude. You know one that I love that's cover adjacent, but not a cover, but is going to transition us into this movie? Look out. Tell me. The Boy Is Mine. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, it's adjacent because the girl is mine. Uh, you know, the, the Paul McCartney song. Okay, this is a revelation to me. Did. I did not know this. Yeah, it's like uh, that's what they were playing off really? of. Really? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, so Brandy and Monica's The Boy Is Mine. Fucking awesome. I did not know that that was a, a, a take on that. Yeah. Huh. Damn, homeschool doesn't work. <laughs> I didn't learn nothing. That is one of the things they taught us in, high in public school. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, all right, now these are the songs that are covers. <laughs> You'll need to know the whole list. <laughs> this one's cover adjacent. Well, there you go, okay. man. Yeah. So uh, that song was a big old hit. And then Brandy was like, I guess I should be in this movie. And then I bet she was like, I probably shouldn't have been in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not good. She was already popular before this, but that the boy is mine was huge. Yeah. In 98. And she had. I, I assume they had filmed this before, or uh, I couldn't find when they had filmed this, but they the Boy Is Mine video kind of hit in April of 98. Okay. So this is, you know, seven months later. All right. The song is all over the it radio by this point. Dude. You yeah, couldn't go like, anywhere and not hear that song. It's like top, you know, always on the TRL oh, top yeah, 10 dude. and whatnot. Yep. Like, th- this... This had to have been an embarrassment for her by that point, where it's just like, oh, fuck. I'm in a really <laughs> shitty movie oh, that's coming no. out. Oh, no. Yeah. When was the first time you watched this movie? I watched it. I saw it in the theater. 
Okay. How did yeah. you feel about it then? I hated it. So even back then, yeah. you're like, God, this was stupid. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really enjoy the first one, but it was just one of those things where it was like, it's a horror movie in the theater, and that's you know what we would do on Friday nights to go smoke weed, so that our you know we had an excuse to go smoke weed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like we'll smoke weed on the way to the movie. We'll watch the movie. We'll smoke weed on the way home, and then you know. We've gotten to smoke a whole bunch of weed without anyone knowing. There you go. That sounds like a pretty good recipe for a fun night, in my opinion. And it usually was, but, you know, we would, you know, we would see movies like this that would just be like, what the fuck is this? Did that make any sense, though, really? Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason for that. Like, that's kind of why, because I, as I said, I didn't see Teaching Mrs. Tingle. I didn't see House on Haunted Hill, like. These are the types of movies as to why I didn't watch those movies where it was just like, okay, so I like Scream. I hate Urban Legend. Yeah. I hate I Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> you just keep making the same shit over and over. Totally. I'm going to stop watching it. Yeah. I'll watch the 80s horror movies we have because now we're seeing, uh, I was uh, like in 98, we were seniors in high school and we kind of got away with whatever with our parents. So it was like. Well, now we don't have to go to the movies to get stoned. We can just watch movies in the basement and get stoned. Hey. So there there was just this gap for me of all those sort of teen movies that we didn't go see because we didn't have to, and we just watched 80s horror movies instead. Well. And I think I, we made a better choice. You might have made the right choice. this is shit. This is not good, yeah. man. This is not good. And the thing about it is, is like... As I said on other episodes where we've done Final Destination yeah. or we've done I Know What You Did Last Summer, uh-huh. like I have this weird soft spot for shitty horror movies from this era. Yeah. And I think it's probably because like maybe I wanted to go see them and my friends you were just seeing didn't get them. To, yeah. yeah, and I wasn't allowed to. Yeah. So I think that there's part of me that's always just gonna be like, No, mom, I like this movie. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> Even if it is like a pile like, of shit. Fuck, I fucking hate this. I love it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think that that is honestly part of why yeah. I give a lot of these movies kind of a free pass. I get it. You know? Yeah. But this one, okay, this one is so dumb that it kept me watching. Yeah. I. You know what? That, I'll admit, we've watched some movies that I have been angry by the third watch that I'm watching it. And this was one where I can't find, like, I keep thinking I've hit rock bottom with it. And then... I find ways to go lower. <laughs> so like, That's intriguing. That's intriguing. Yeah. yeah, for me, it's just like, I kept watching it and just kept being like, wait, what? So many times that it, like, I could not imagine how I kept finding new things to hate. Ugh. So it kept me entertained. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, like, much better, more watertight movies that we've watched on the show yeah. that were less entertaining yeah. or, like, I don't even want to say the word charming. Yeah, this, this isn't charming. It's, no, not but really. It, but it's so fucking dumb, and everybody's yeah. making such dumb decisions, and the plot is so Mesmerizing dumb. Mesmerizing is maybe the word. Maybe that's yeah, it. Yeah, where it's, it's like, like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, your brain is just trying to make so much. Like, there's no way it can make this little sense. Yeah, there's no way this got <laughs> fucking, you know, uh, green flagged by so many people, greenlit yeah. by so many yeah. people, and nobody was like, wait. That doesn't make sense, though. They spent $24 million on this movie. $24 million. Like, I'm, I'm assuming somewhere along the way, somebody would have been like, this doesn't make sense. But it seems so clear to me that this is cynically made. This was just, we're cashing in on the first one. Everyone involved knows that this is shit. 
Yeah. We're cool with it being shit because we get to hang out in Mexico, in Jalisco, Mexico on a resort, and shoot it. So. Okay. Okay. I mean, honestly, if I was in the first one, they were like, hey, we're going to make a second one. The script is kind of bullshit, but you get to live on a resort in like Mexico for like a couple months. Do you want to yeah. go? I'd be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, that sounds All pretty right. awesome. Paid vacation? Yeah. All right. Um, well, one out of three agreed, I guess, because Freddie Prince Jr. is barely in this damn movie. Yeah. And he's definitely not in Mexico. No, <laughs> no. Put him on the fucking docks. Yeah. So the only, we get Sarah Michelle Gellar in a in a picture. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, she just has a picture of her pretty friend beside her bed. Yeah, I feel My like dead maybe Julie uh, during the pandemic discovered she's bi. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because a, a lot of people out there did during the pandemic just be like, oh right, I do like this. I do like uh, pretty girls as well as men. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I, I think perhaps because not many people keep just a single picture of your pretty friend next to your bed that you then wake up and stare at. No. Every time I do it, gives me a boner. <laughs> gives me gas. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, th- this, this movie just is so cynically made. Like the, the director and writer are both TV guys. Okay. It's like, they what have just, they done? Anything good? Well, the director may judge dread. The good one? No. The not good one. The bad one. Got it. He also made Geostorm, so that's a second how did this get made movie. I have I have a strict line on my movie watching policy to yeah. not watch any movies that are named after a shitty American car. <laughs> so no Geostorm <laughs> for me. Geostorm. The next one is gonna be Geoprism. I'm already out. Oh man. Nope. That Geo Metro, get it the fuck not out. Not watching of here. that one either. Yeah. Uh, but he he also was an executive producer on CSI and Gotham, so he's more of a TV guy. But I also don't like either of those shows, so I, he's just not for me. He's not for yeah. you, okay? Yeah, I get it. I get uh, it. And the the writer you may know from uh, his work on Timon and Pumbaa. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. which was the show I did watch uh, after school. I remember, but I don't remember it at all. They ate bugs a lot. I don't really see why that person should be writing this movie. Um, I, I do when the producers obviously very much from the beginning were like, oh, this isn't going to this be a good doesn't matter. Movie. Who cares? Yeah, it, it's weird putting it in theaters and making money off of it. And that's what they did. Yeah. So who, who fucking cares who wrote it? Yeah. Who gives a shit? Who writes it? Who directs it? Who's in it? <laughs> we don't give a fuck. Oh, oh, you're making a video with Mackay Pfeiffer. You want to be in a movie with Mackay Pfeiffer as well? Cause that's what we're going to do. Bring it on. There you go. Man, alive, dude. So there is like a pretty big cast of mid-late 90s uh, yeah, pretty faces a lot of the 90s people, yeah. We got old JLH in yeah, here, old Jennifer she, Love Hewitt. Gorgeous. She was, uh, you know, from Party of Five before this. And then, you know, uh, I Know What You Can't Did Last wait. Summer, Can't Hardly Wait, those, those things. And Freddie Prinze Jr., also a romantic comedy guy. Um, and, and Jennifer Love Hewitt, Basically, after this, just didn't want to do another horror movie because she didn't want to be labeled as a, a scream queen, queen yeah. which is a label that she probably was trying to get away from in the 90s and probably wishes she had now. Because yeah. being a scream queen is a positive thing and makes you a lot of money on the con- the like uh, horror con circuit. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, there's there's no reason to not want to be one. Um but yeah, she she obviously didn't want to be, and Freddie Prinze Jr. obviously didn't want to be connected to this. That's why he's barely in it. Um, 
Brandy's just starting her acting career, so taking whatever, and Mackay Pfeiffer, kind of the same thing. I, I think as far as those four and who went the hardest at their role, it's Mackay Pfeiffer, and I think he's the only one who understood his role. <laughs> and his role's terribly written, but he understood it. Well, he he was knew what it was supposed to be. His whole arc is based around the two H's. Yep. Hungry, horny. Yep. That's it. That's it. That is his character. The man wants to I'm eat. Gonna, the man wants to fuck. I am going to yell, and I am going to get in people's faces, and I want to fuck, and I want to eat. Dude, it's really lucky that the Pillsbury Doughboy wasn't on that island. He'd have <laughs> fucked him and ate him at he the same would, time. He would have poked the shit out of that little yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mackay Pfeiffer <laughs> You is... know what, though? Honestly, <laughs> you know who else followed the two H's? Who's that? Jeffrey Dahmer. Good point. In fact, he got them both in the same place yeah. all the time. Yeah. Wow. One-stop shop. <laughs> Hungry and horny? People. Yeah. But we also got uh, Jennifer Esposito, very 90s person. Very much. also obviously was there for two days. I yeah, would right? Like yeah. Her scenes were just like, and she's here in the movie, mm-hmm. and she's not in the movie for a long time. And she's I, back. Bye. I'm pretty sure that Jennifer Esposito, um, uh, Jeffrey Combs, who is the best in this movie. Fuck yeah. Like, he's the he only- showed up, and I was like, Jeffrey Combs is yeah. in this? I was actually like, maybe there's hope here. He's also in uh, House on Haunted Hill, which surprised oh, me. Shit. And his bits are all good. Like, Jeffrey Combs he's is great. He's fucking yeah. awesome, man. He knows yeah. why they hired him to be in a movie, yes, and, and he's he, that guy he exactly. Nails it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who else we got? We got uh, Jack, Jack Black. Black. Yeah, so those three, I'm pretty sure, showed up for three days apiece, and then we're out. I think so. Like they were just like, "You guys show up. We'll have everybody come in from the beach where they're hanging out, <laughs> put and, down the drinks, so you can yeah, film the scene, whatever. Exactly. We'll film that scene. We'll film your death. The end. Like then you go home. Then you get to go home, and it's like, oh, okay. I'm gonna go home and start shooting Heat Vision and Jack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other people though in this, uh, you get uh, the old voodoo guy. We know yeah. him from like a hundred. Yeah, Bill Cobb's. Uh, Bill Cobb's. Yeah. yeah, he's he's in so much. He's shit. one of those guys. If you don't recognize him by name, if you saw a photo of yeah, him, like, oh, he's in like yeah. a million movies. Yeah. Same with uh, uh, what's his name, John John. Um, Ox, who plays Dave, who's the friend on of, the dock. Yeah, the dock friend who gets killed by the the first guy to get killed. Yeah, yeah. He's a guy. We, we get presented him as a person. Next scene, killed. Killed right away. Uh, this movie does a lot of that. But we got to remember <laughs> that you know, of course, the motivations of the killer are getting revenge on these kids that yes. accidentally almost killed him and tried to hide his death. So he kills random people to so get back at him. Kill. People that didn't have anything to do with yeah, that'll like show. Dave. Yeah, by by setting up an elaborate trap you couldn't possibly set up. We'll talk about. Oh we got god, a lot to talk man. about. Here. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> but the cast is a bunch of names, like nineties names. Yeah, and it, it really that again is like, well, we need proven people to get people. Like, we got to get the ticket money. Yeah, like there's no thought I feel at any point about improving the product. Like I don't think anywhere along the way somebody was like. Ooh, what if we improve the script? Or, <laughs> hey, nah. maybe we do a second take of that. Like, nah. I think they were just like... Let's just make your shirt wet in this scene. That's fine. Yeah, what if your titties were jiggling in this? <laughs> maybe we, that's let's the improvements do that we need. 15 times. It's just boobs the movie. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, it's... A lot of boob. It, it, it's just so cynically made. I feel like there's no way that anybody involved with this, like, cared. Like... They can't have. Yeah, I think that's why Jeffrey Combs shines so much, because he's like, 
I'm going to show up and do my job. Well, and honestly, too, like as stupid as a character is, Jack Black is like kind of doing work here. He's trying to He's be trying. funny, but nobody is there for him to bounce off of or anything. No. And he needs that. Like if if you're going to ask him to try to be funny, which is clearly what they did. There's yeah. no way most of that was scripted. But then like you need other people who can improv play off of him a little bit yeah yeah and it's like you know jlh is so fucking aggro and paranoid and crazy the whole movie and the rest of her she can't be the one yeah and and like yeah my kai fifer's super aggressive uh uh will is not anything no he's like the most bland shit ever totally brandy's the only one who tries like she says something to him and he says something back and it's like eh, kind of funny. I bet that was how it was written in the script too. He she says something to him, he says something back. It's, it's all kind it's of kind funny. Kind of funny, I guess. <laughs> I think you summed it up really well. We were talking earlier about how you're like, I bet the way this script was written is somebody just had like a fucking paragraph. Yeah. And then everybody like they just sat down at a table and they were like, Okay, so the guy who died in the first one came back. How did that happen? Uh, well, you gotta. Well, it's because you know he didn't really die, and now he's still really mad, okay. and he's gonna get his revenge on the kids. All right, so she's gonna shoot him at the end. How does she get a gun? Um, she got the gun because Freddie Prince Jr. said he didn't want to go to the resort, and then he figures out what's going on, and he brings a gun. Oh, oh, okay. So why does uh, Brandy go check out that loud tumbling dryer? Oh, uh, we've set it up earlier in the movie that she loves when her shoes pop out of the dryer. That's it. It's earlier in the movie. It's just a little thing, but it sets oh. it up. Oh, oh, okay. yeah. Why does he reject going to the island? Because he is. Um, just don't worry about it. Don't like, worry about it. He's yeah. gonna do it, but then decide to go. Yeah. But then not call her because his friend said that it should be a surprise. Surprise, yeah. Which people love when you show up for a vacation as a surprise. And then we're gonna really keep him guessing by having him act like like real shady as he's going down there. Like he's gonna like swap out the ring for a gun, and we're thinking Wait, like maybe he's the bad guy. So after I'm all. looking at this, and you say Ben Willis did it. Yes. But we need it to be a whodunit. Can we cast suspicion on everybody, even though the the people watching it know exactly who's doing it? You know, we probably should, even yeah. though the villain is clearly a huge white man with a hook for a hand. Yes, let's cast suspicion on every individual involved. Yeah. Even the women. <laughs> even black people. Even the black people. We've seen a white hand killing these people. But still, we're supposed to be like, uh, maybe it's Estes. Could be Estes. Oh, voodoo guy. Oh, maybe guy. it's Jennifer Esposito, the woman. Could be. Yeah, the, that woman is carrying these bodies. Around. Were we supposed to be guessing the whole movie? The movie thinks we're supposed to be. What but fucking planet are you what from would if we you're be guessing? guessing? What would we be guessing? I don't know. <laughs> like, that's the thing. It's like, ultimately, when it's all about this you know, figure with a fucking hook hand. Yeah, we know who's doing it. The guy with the hook hand. There's no mystery to this. Stop casting suspicion on everybody because there's no mystery to what's happening. But it really is like there was a paragraph on a fucking napkin yeah. after some snooty dinner, and then they just had to keep explaining until it became a fucking yeah, it hour was a, and 40 minute It was one movie. of those people who was like refuses to acknowledge that they're flaws. Yeah. So they're <laughs> they like, keep explaining. Just, they just keep bullshitting new excuses for everything. And it's like cocaine people, it's called. Yes, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like in the movie, the movie has so many kills, but 
primarily relies on jump scares to create tension. Oh, yeah. Absolutely The kills so. seem like inevitabilities. Like, there's no tension leading up to the kills. The kills just happen. Yeah. Jack Black smoking weed, hook in the hand. Killed, yeah. Killed. Like, uh, Jeffrey Combs just somehow died in his office. We didn't even see it. Like, no. it's just... we. We, That's true. The, the suspense isn't really around any of the actual kills. Yeah, it's all the around, suspense like, is around, is a cat here? Yeah, oh, <laughs> is my friend breaking into my house to s borrow a skirt? Like, that's where the suspense is. Really? It's ridiculous. It's so dumb. Yeah, like, the amount of, like, dumb people jump scares in this yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, and it, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, I rewatched the first one before this one because... Honestly, if you ask me now, after having rewatched the first one, what's the plot of the first one? What all happens? I'd struggle because it's not interesting. It's like it doesn't maintain you when it's providing exposition. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care about Ben Willis's family. Mm -mm. But that's what both of these movies do is provide all this exposition about the killer. And it's like, we don't need that. The, like, they hit him with a car and left him for dead. They're bad kids. These kids suck. Yeah. The first movie kind of dug into that a yes, little bit. Yes, it was kind of... The first movie was better. It was written by Kevin Williamson. It's better than this, by far. It was far. a little bit more of like a gray area of yes. like, okay, these kids did the wrong thing. Yeah. And, and now this guy wants revenge. Suck. And he kind of deserves to get revenge. Yes. So it was kind of a gray area, which is fun for this kind of movie. And then this movie presents us... With Jennifer Love Hewitt as though we're supposed to care about it. Yeah, she's like, I'm a victim of this terrible thing that I did and covered up. Yeah, like, and we're supposed to have entirely forgotten the first movie. Yeah, that's some entitled this fucking white people bullshit right there. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, uh, yeah, so the, the whole premise of this is let's make money and show jiggling boobs. Success! And they succeeded... Plenty of all that. exactly what so they much wanted money, to do. So much boob. <laughs> so much boob. And Steve, I say in the name of success and in the name of boob. In the name of boob. In the name of boob. <laughs> I think that's going to become my new Stop. Like, exclamation. In the name of boob. What in the name of boob is going on here? <laughs> I think we should crack open another co-beer here. I agree. That dark and stormy got pretty good to me. Yeah, it was good stuff. I need myself a beer from Burial. From Asheville, you know, one of the greatest breweries in the entire Southeast that for some reason doesn't distribute to Knoxville. It's crazy. Asheville, what? An hour and a half yeah. away from here? Yeah. Like, come on, guys. Just put it in a car with somebody. Yeah. Like, yeah, take this to Knoxville. Well, dude, honestly, all they'd really need to do is just roll it down a hill. Just roll <laughs> it down a hill. True. Let it come down that here. That is pretty true. Yeah. You ain't got to really work for it. <laughs> put it in a barrel, roll it down a hill, I'll catch it at the bottom. Yeah. Please. I I would love that if that were an option. Yeah. To just catch a beer at the bottom of a hill. Roll service. <laughs> catch a barrel. Good luck. Yeah. yeah burial rules. Uh, my good buddy Andy Campbell, a drummer extraordinaire yeah. of Knoxville, went to uh, Asheville recently and brought me back some goodies, including this one right here from Burial. It is called Until There Is No Longer. They oh. always have real enigmatic names for yeah. the beers and stuff. Uh, it describes itself as a pair of wandering orbs fixated upon the blood sky. And behind them is a lurking addiction to wanting to know what lays beyond it. Double dry hopped with hand-selected citra pellets and citra cryo powder pellets. Powder citra? pellets? Is there rabbit food in here? What yeah, is this? Yeah, I was going to say, cryo powder pellets sounds like something from the future. I'm pretty sure that's astronaut food, isn't it? Yeah, cryo powder pellets. Uh-huh, and that dry ice cream. <laughs> 
which we've talked about so many times on this podcast. I, I've never had anyone say, actually, I really like astronaut ice cream. No, of course so not. So I think we're right about it. And that's the thing. All the, you know, fucking these billionaires up there doing this space race, I'm going to tell you what, they're still up there pooping into a hose and eating dry food. Yeah. However good yeah. you think they have it, they're still pooping into a hose. Now, and I'm assuming it just has to be true that as an astronaut, you you probably don't get to just pull one out ever. Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. Or do they have little bags that you put at the end of your, Dude, your wang? And- I really wonder about this because these are needs that need to be addressed. Yes, 100%. You're up in zero gravity. Uh, you got to... That gotta- jazz be going everywhere. <laughs> you got to assume that every once in a while you're waking up like, okay, who jerked off? There's a globule of cum it's floating. Just floating around in here. <laughs> Somebody's got to clean this up. That's a good question. Yeah. I bet anyway. they, yeah, yeah. We'll just find out about yeah, let's that find soon out about enough. the beer. We'll yeah. ask about that whenever these billionaires come back. We'll be like, so what'd you jerk off yeah. with? <laughs> They'll be like, a poor person did Stutter it for old. me. All right, let's find out about this. I had one of these before, and it was fucking mighty fine because burial fucks. How good is that? Yeah. Burial does fuck, and that's a good IPA. That's definitely... Uh, one of those mm, citra ipas very much so exactly the type of thing that when people hate ipas they're talking about yeah they hate this it's very hoppy very kind of like that bitter citrus Mm -hmm. flavor it's got that musky pineapple kind of flavor to it yeah yeah if ipas have not been for you this will not turn you around (laughs) no that's for sure not at all but if you like ipas hell yeah this is good 7.4 percent too seriously yeah it tastes more like fucking this is very light yeah very very light like grapefruity look to it mighty fun yeah burial bring your fucking beer to us please you think they got like a vendetta against knoxville i think they do all right that makes sense i bet they're like sun sphere we're moon men Yeah, you heard it here first. Burial, moon men. Moon men. Mm-hmm. They're from the moon, and they're here to take our gold. Yeah. No gold on the moon. That's why they came here. Exactly. <laughs> Makes perfect sense when you look at it that yeah, way. Yeah, it sure does. I'll tell you what doesn't really make perfect sense. Let's talk about the whole kind of character arc of our villain here, the Gordon's right. Fisherman. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in the first movie, he's like, I'm a guy. Right. Oh, no, these kids almost killed me. I want revenge. I want revenge on them. He was kind of like, I guess he's sort of a bad guy, but he also has a clear motivation. Yeah. I mean, it's not cool to want to kill teenagers, but when you have a pretty good reason, all right. Maybe you go for it. Understandable, you know? And that, that the first movie didn't play enough, I feel, on like the ambiguity. Like it did show they're bad, like the kids aren't exactly likable. But and they then, feel bad about what they did, too. Yeah, and, and they feel bad about it and stuff. But, like, I, I wish they had gone more into that ambiguity. But it wasn't for that. It was for, hey, teens, uh, here's Jennifer Love Hewitt spreading her arms and putting her boobs what forward. What do you want? Yeah, what do you want? Yeah. But now in this one, he's just kind of like, I'm still going to get my revenge on these kids, as well as a bunch of other people that just are just anybody. going yeah. to die because they're there. Yeah. And I'm not just going to kill these kids. I'm going to take him to the resort and kill them. That'll be worse. I need them to know more of my backstory, you see. So I'm somehow, as a supposedly dead person, going to set up a resort stay for four people I do not know. That can't be cheap. Yep. 
He's using up the last of his Gordon's fish bucks on that. <laughs> I and if if one of them, I'm gonna assume Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, wait, what's it? Ray. I'm gonna assume Ray is gonna say, "I don't want to go." I know Ray. He's I know flake Ray. Out. He's gonna he's gonna flake out on him, but then decide I'm gonna go later. So I'll be ready with a trap. Totally for him along the road from North Carolina to Florida, I guess. So anywhere along that road, yeah, he could be. And so I'll, I'll be ready. But then also, I will be on the island the very next morning, but not on the boat, the only boat to the island. I'm just saying, dude. Okay. <laughs> I realize so, <laughs> I realize this is a pre-9-11 movie. Flying right. was a lot easier back then. Yes, it's I true. can't even get on a flight with a pair of nail clippers anymore. This guy's got a hook for a hand. He's got a hook for a hand, and he's. All, I, I'm assuming flying to the Bahamas. What? <laughs> and also, part of his plan was, and when they get here, I know these kids, they're going to want to do some karaoke. <laughs> and if I know one thing about Jennifer Love Hewitt, it's that she's not going to let Brandy sing. Obviously not. And she's going to want to sing, I Will Survive. Because, see, I almost killed her last right. summer, and she survived. Therefore, when she goes mm-hmm. to karaoke, she's going to choose, I Will Survive. Therefore, I will program the karaoke machine to have an ominous message on the screen whenever she does sing the song. <laughs> like, what if she had just done nin- like ninja rap instead? Go ninja, go ninja, go, go. <laughs> and and then she finishes and sits down, and everybody had a good yeah, time. He's sitting in the corner, going, "Damn, I never thought she would have chosen that uh, yeah. one." Didn't know how much she loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. There's more to these kids than I thought. Am I doing the right thing? Then he just changes his mind about wow. the whole thing. That's a whole different movie right there. I still know what one. you did last summer, and I forgive you. Yeah, and it's fine. <laughs> Have a good time. Have a vacation. It was stressful. Yeah, I yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Like there there's no there's no way he could have planned all this. No, like, of you course look, not. You look back at like some Jason kills and some Michael Myers kills, and every once in a while, it's like, well, how could he have possibly known this was going to work out? But it's not the majority of them. Yeah. With this, it's like the there's majority of, of the kills. It's like this would like every one of the staff that he kills. It would have to rely on there being a storm loud enough that nobody hears someone getting killed on this small resort. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. So he he set it up for the 4th of July for there to be a storm so that, like, uh, Jeffrey Combs' character keeps saying that the rain comes in like clockwork. Everybody else talks about it like, we didn't expect this. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, how did he know? How did he possibly fucking know? Every bit of it would require the exact thing to happen exactly right. And even then, he fucks it up. Yeah. At the end, when it's like, okay, you've got the girl I want to kill. Let me get a run and start. I want to get some momentum behind my hook hand. <laughs> even though I've displayed a hundred times that I can just stab somebody through the face and that's all she wrote. Yeah. I need to really kill the shit out of her. Yeah, and so hold you, her while you, I get a running start please, with my hook hand. My, my son, my 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 beloved son, please hold this girl while I get a running start and then hook hand her. Yeah. Oh no, Oops. things have gone awry. Oh no, I stab son. <laughs> <laughs> now you're Ben stab son. <laughs> ben will stab son. Will Ben Whoa. stab son? What if that? What if? <laughs> what if right after he accidentally stabbed his son, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, what's her fucking name? Julie. 
What if Julie had been like, you didn't ask about his middle name, Stab? Yeah. Oh. Will is Stabbin, son? The whole name twist is so stupid. Is stupid as fuck. Yeah, it is because it it relies on us again. The thing that we said earlier about how like we know who's doing the killing, and the movie keeps casting suspicion on people. Like we're supposed to be suspicious of somebody. Yeah. So like the movie is then like here's the payoff for all that suspicion, and it's like. Okay, but like we weren't really actually suspicious because we know who the killer is. So like, yeah, it's not a payoff for anything. And clearly, this Will guy was in on it the whole time, as you didn't tell us anything yeah. about his past or his backstory. He's this new character that came out of nowhere. He has that like weird thing where they're on the flight, and he's like, "I don't have a lot of good childhood memories." Like, yeah, he's that's... a fucking weirdo, clear as day. Yeah, like there's just like, there's just not a lot of surprise at that moment. No, but also it's like. That 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 trope of you didn't think about my name. Literally, no one has ever thought about anyone's name. It is just a <laughs> word applied to you. Yeah. Like this is the thing you call Steve me, Steve Spratling. Well, how'd you come up with that one? Uh, my parents gave it to me. <laughs> the end. Oh yeah, that's why I never think about anyone's names. Because really, because they didn't choose it. And also too, like if this is some cunning plot, why would this guy intentionally name himself that is like I'm gonna give myself a clever name that way if In anybody case, thinks about it, they right. can unravel what's going on. <laughs> then they'll feel stupid. Will is Ben's son. Uh, also, too, his plan was, it seemed like anyway, because mm-hmm. he was totally going after JLH the whole yeah. time. His goal, I guess, was to fuck the girl that almost killed his dad. Yeah, he's got some, like, there should have, because, like, Scream did that, right? Scream sort of showed us these characters that, like, they're fucked up in a lot of ways and in fact mentions the fact that he has seduced and fucked the girl whose dad is responsible for the death of yeah. his wa- mom or whatever. It's like, it, it, Scream goes into that. This movie was like, oh, right, got it. So you just do you do that and don't like build up to it and don't say anything about it. Well, this is what I call the Talia Al Ghul revenge plan. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I will suck the cock of the man who killed my dad. Like, take this. Take that. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Batman's like, oh no, the torture. I'm coming. This is the plan. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> Yeah, why is that a revenge plan? I have no idea. It makes, like, no sense when you put any thought toward it. Because, like, wh- what would what would he get out of having sex with her? I like, don't know. Like, I, other, than getting, you. other than getting to have sex with her. Which, if that's his ultimate goal, let me just tell you. Showing up to the room of someone who's shown zero interest toward you with uh roses and wine surprise it just shouts i don't know how to eat pussy that's That's all it's good like and it's very clear she's like yeah no i got that yeah which is why we're not getting anywhere here Uh -uh. no yeah he's terrible at this and his ultimate goal does seem to be to have sex with her and then i because like he says to ray the things we're gonna do to her and then his dad's plan is run at her with a hook yeah. and kill her. So yeah. he obviously had some plans that seem perhaps sexual assaulty 
or even ne- necrophilia. Oh my! Like he had some weird plans that his dad was not a part of because his dad was like, "I'm gonna run ten feet and hit her with a <laughs> hook. That's my plan." <laughs> like I, I don't know. But again, like if it explored any of that, like you would need the reveal. Like you would need no, um, none of that. Like casting suspicion on everybody else. Right. And just keeping all the suspicion off of Will. Like, zero suspicion. And then lead up to this point where, say, Estes hits him with the oar and maybe have a conversation between him and Estes that sure. does some of this exposition, carries yeah. some of the load. But by the time all this happens, it's like, I didn't suspect that guy necessarily, but also why would I? And wait... So he's his son? Okay, well, that's his entire motivation. Like, there's nothing to even think about. Yeah. And there's all that, like, really muddled stuff about, like, they lived on this island. He killed his wife and maybe his daughter, perhaps. But he kept the son alive Yeah, to be mean to teenagers with. (laughs) So then it's also, too, like, okay, in the first movie, uh, what's it, is Ben Willis, is that his name? Yeah, Ben Willis, Uh uh-huh. You know, he was just this fisherman guy that they accidentally killed, but it's like, no, it turns out he was actually a supervillain all along. So then you're like, maybe yeah. they did the right thing by kind of killing him at the first. They but, kind of Freddy Kruegered him where it's like, well, he was a child murderer. So, right. And actually he's following the Freddy Krueger arc where he's like, I'm going to get revenge on the people that led to my demise. Yeah. And then later on, he's just like, killing's just kind of fun. Let's yeah. Just now I just kill people because I like it. Once you pop, you can't stop. <laughs> turns out. Yeah. Just like potato chips and murders. You know, I I think that because that exposition moment with Estes in the graveyard comes so late in the movie, like, none of that hits. Like, you just don't feel it. And, And all that that's saying is, oh, the guy that, like, you may have been secretly rooting for in the first one because he's getting revenge for yeah. a wrong against him. Actually, he was really bad. He's a monster. And he was so, already a murderer at that point. Yeah. And now he just kills indiscriminately. I have a theory about why he kills indiscriminately, okay, though. Okay, I'm here for it. And this is from... Okay, so whenever uh, Will is holding uh, Julie to have her hooked, I guess. Yeah. He's Will has just said that he wants to kill her. And he says, you're no killer boy. That's my job. <laughs> I figured it out. Okay. Every person he kills, he gets paid for. How you mean? That's his job. He's getting bonuses for everyone. That's how he had the money to set all this up. Ah. And that's why he's killing all these random people. Getting paid by the head. He's getting paid by somebody. Well, that makes sense then if you yeah. do it that way. So part three should, I, I assume, be about the dark society that uh, funds this it's like a john wick scenario yeah there's coins and things yes. like this is very slick he's a hired killer but he's been hired to kill indiscriminately do they all dress like the gordon fisherman i really hope so see here's the thing about actually his whole that thing. would be interesting because like i think that he does look pretty cool yeah honestly. it's a cool killer like, the design, big cloak yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff like that it does look pretty neat but then i was just like man he's down here in the fucking tropics why is he still dressed like a fisherman there's no reason. Okay, there is, though, because if you think about it, think about him. What do okay. we know? Due to his age, he is a boomer, okay. and boomers wear their hobbies at all times. Okay. Right? <laughs> he wants everyone to know. So in case anyone's like, what do you do? He's like, well, look See at my the slicker. slicker. <laughs> you know? Take a guess. What do you think I do with this hook? Because, <laughs> I mean, you look out on the street, 
and it's just like, oh, here's some boomer in a in a fishing shirt. Right. He he's nowhere near a lake. He doesn't you know, have a rod or a reel. You but know, he wants you to know. So the way that happens must be what happened to uh, Ben Willis here is a dad at some point goes fishing once. Yeah. And his kids then have to buy him gifts, and they're like, Dad likes fishing, and so for the next. 35 40 years yeah he's getting fishing shit for birthday christmas father's day this happened to ben willis wow these and that's why he killed one of them damn kids i got it i'm tired of it i'm tired i can't (laughs) act like i want another fucking slicker i'm all slicked out i'll keep this one around for an elaborate plan i have in the future (laughs) and involves taking kids to a fucking uh vacation resort okay Here's the thing. I know why they're on this fucking resort okay. is because whenever they wrote this movie, it was probably just set in fucking Connecticut or some bullshit. Yeah, and, and they're like, would go be in it? Oh, we could, I mean, we could just put it in like the tropics instead. Yeah. How will they get there? They win a contest? <laughs> All right, go with it. Buy the tickets. Like, that's why they put it in the tropics. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, because Looks n- nice. everyone involved with this movie probably was like i do not want to be involved with this movie and then they said well we're gonna be filming on a nice resort in mexico and everybody's like cool i'll be in your movie <laughs> like i guess that's like talk me into it yeah like i get to spend a month or two in mexico just chilling with most of people. the time with hot people like, okay yeah it's not a big enough draw to get the entire like surviving cast back but it's enough of a draw to get Jennifer Love Hewitt back so you can make money. Yeah. Off. And that's what they're, I mean, you know, obviously, anytime you're making a movie, money is a huge portion of sure. what you're thinking of. Will this make money? And if you're going to spend $24 million on it, you want to know you're going to make money. And this ended up making $84 million. Holy fuck. Uh, you know, you probably spend 20 to $30 million in, in advertising. advertising. Stuff, yeah. So it didn't make a ton, but it made twenty oh, yeah. about $20 million Jeez, over budget. Man. So that's... That's worth it. In the end, you got to chill in Mexico and make 20 million bucks. Okay. All right. Yeah, I I get it. But you also kill your franchise with this. If you really wanted a franchise, if you really wanted to be Scream, you could have just had another movie very similar set in North Carolina. Uh, These, you know, surviving cast members. Maybe, you know, uh, it's not Ben Willis. He did actually die at the end. It's someone taking up the mantle. That's where you bring in Will Benson here. Sure. That's where you bring in the son who they didn't know about. Okay. And, yeah. Like He's and, getting revenge for his paw. Yeah. That, and then, it's fine. Yeah, you can continue your franchise doing shit like that. This, this was like, oh, we, we don't give a shit. No. We just want to make the this hit of money. I'm pretty sure this is going to all end in a couple of years. And they were right. The teen, like the popular teen horror only really lasted from 96 to 2000. Yeah. It was on its way out anyway. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think they were just taking their cash in, but it also was like, it just seems so, so much like they hated the movie they were making a oh, sequel yeah. of. They were just like, this is dumb. What have we made? What have we made the uh, scary movie version of? I know what you did last summer. Yeah, it kind of feels that way, yeah. doesn't it? But 
But I will say, you know, to its merit, it does have some pretty good kills in it. Yeah, it does. The kills in the yeah. gore are pretty damn convincing. Yeah, the people who were responsible for making the kills look good, yeah. they knew what they were doing. They're a little bit limited in scope because it's like yeah. a hook through the face, through right. the hand, through the There's back. There's not a lot you can do with a hook. <laughs> yeah, not really, man. So, you know, it's a little bit limited there. Uh, but again, they do look pretty fucking convincing. Yeah. I love, like all the blood on the wall with Jeffrey Combs Me and too. Stuff. It's like bright red. I like yeah. that. I like... I like leaning into your horror. Like, it's fine. Like, we talked about Argento. Like, you know Argento blood isn't blood. Yeah. But Argento is dedicated to the genre. He doesn't give a shit. So if you want to be stylized, in fact, you're probably going to attract more horror fans that way. If you have more of these, like, kind of goofy kills or really bright red blood on the wall and stuff, that's going to bring your audience. That's the part we thought was great. Yeah. Jeffrey Combs is great in this. Like... The, the the horror audience that you would want to attract is entirely put off by all this overly convoluted, elaborate shit. Totally. We, yeah, nobody we, really cares. Nobody needs all the backstory. We don't mm-hmm. need these like dramatic scenes in the graveyard like, you'll never put me in a fucking grave. I'll live forever. <laughs> like, here's my boobs. Here's my boobs. Here hey, again. have you seen these? Um, <laughs> I still remember your boobs from last summer. My favorite part about that scene, by the way, is she's looking at the gravestone and it, it, it has her name on it. Again, he had to have that made, I guess. Yeah, to have that made. Well, I mean, he painted it, but it's still okay, yeah, like yeah, he yeah. had to have spent some time digging a grave. And like, when did he do all this? He was killing people all fucking day. And working a shovel one-handed is not easy. Not easy at all. Anyway, so. <laughs> what if he has like attachments and he had like a shovel hand? I would love that. And he was out there just like scooping. Again, all the ways you could make this a better movie. Yeah. He has different attachments. Sure, man. Make him to a Bond villain. Yes, Fuck it. That's so cool. So she's looking at her grave. Oh, yeah. She's looking at her grave. And then she she turns to Carla and she's like, what's today's date? And Carla says, July 4th. And that's when she starts her like, this isn't going to be my grave. But it pans <laughs> down. He didn't put July 4th, 1998. It just huh. says 1979 to 1998. Why did she ask what the date was? What? Also earlier in the movie. Real early in the movie, a guy is riding by on a bike, throws some fireworks, and says, Happy Fourth of July! (laughs) Which was days earlier. Yeah, totally. So when is it Fourth of July? (laughs) It's always Fourth of July? What is this? I think they should have had it where she asked what the day it is. Like, what day is it? She goes, 1998. (laughs) Que año! Que año! Por que? Yeah. Okay, so he does kind of branch out a little bit with his kills, though, and he tries he to he tries to make a, a a fucking tanning bed death trap for old JLH there. Uh, after yeah. she very uh, just very like the camera is just all over that bod while she's yeah, like, "We'll get the, undressed for the tanning bed." So but many do it real like hot. male gazy shots. Oh my god! And dude. the thing I did notice, uh, and we'll get back to the tanning bed death real quick. The yeah. thing I did notice is the first one. A lot of Ryan Phillippe and Freddie Prince Jr. in like tank tops, like showing off the arms. It was oh, like right. equally male and female. This is gazing. all about the babes. This is all about just jiggly boobs. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he traps her in this tanning bed. He zip ties her in there. He turns that thing up to fucking brawl. He's got yeah. brawler in yeah, there. Yeah, the broil setting on a tanning bed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this is just like the fucking boil <laughs> setting on the jacuzzi in fucking Halloween 2, right? Yeah, it's like, who made this? Yeah. Who, somebody was like, what if you want to kill somebody in this, though? <laughs> I mean, it can be a home beauty product or a way to off yourself. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, I, I, Jack Kevorkian designs appliances in he this does. universe, I guess, right? <laughs> he was just like, get a tan or die. Whichever. It's up to you, really. Go how you want to. So he zip ties her in here and then runs off. Okay, mm-hmm. you've got her literally trapped in a box that has openings on the just side. Just kill her. Just fucking kill her. If you really wanted to do it, fucking do it. hang that hook in there, grab a knife, anything. Yeah. But instead, he's like, zip tie it, and then I'm just going to leave, I guess. But then her friends come in and are like, oh, my God, she's baking in this tanning bed. Yeah. Holy shit. And they start freaking out and trying to figure out how to open the fucking thing. Hey, dumbass, step one, turn the tanning bed off. Yeah, just a little knob there. There's you know a what? knob. If you don't know how the knob works, just unplug it. Unplug the fucking pull thing. Pull that right out of the it's wall. It's a great start. Yep. Also, if you're in the tanning bed, you were already in it voluntarily. They've That's turned it up to max setting. I get it. You're, I, I don't know, going to get a sunburn in 10 minutes. Your friends have run in. There's no reason to be panicking. This Not point. really. It's like, guys, Just, hey, guys, could you, could you this? unplug this? I didn't want it to be this high. Turn it off, maybe. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, but no, she's freaking the fuck out. Utter panic. Total <sighs> panic. They go and it's into. also like this, though, I, I think must have inspired the Final Destination um, uh, tanning bed deaths. Oh, which yeah. are actually rad. Really? Yeah, Final Destination 3 has some good some good deaths in it. We'll get to it soon enough. We just did two recently. So, But uh, I, I think that this was like, that would be a cool idea for a death, but we can't kill the main character. Why didn't they try it with anybody else? Yeah. Like, this would have been so much better if instead of saying, oh, we only got five staff members here, it was just a full-on open ass resort with yeah. tons of tons people. of people and then they're like we could develop reasons why he kills each of these individuals instead of just well there are people here so he has to kill them sure like we could have like maybe maybe this is julie's best friend in the tanning bed and carla is obviously not her best friend by the way oh like, my god they're just dude. roommates yeah but maybe this is julie's best friend and he's wanting to torture julie by killing this person and then like he you know, actually does kill yeah, her with the I tanning. Put you bit. through some trauma or whatever. Sure. Yeah. I mean, because the, there's no reason for him not to just kill Julie. That his plan is to kill Julie. His yeah. plan is not for Julie to figure out why all this is happening. No. So he's got her at his mercy and just does nothing. Seems that way. It almost seems like he wanted to convince her friends he was there trying to kill them. I know, right? <laughs> it really, really does seem that way. Because otherwise, what the fuck was the plan there? It's just like, if you're trying to kill somebody, that's the worst way to go about it. Warning their friends that they, you're going to do it. Well, yeah, I'm definitely doing it. So, oh, it's, Listen, I want everybody to know I'm doing it. I don't give a shit, but make sure to try to stop me. Well, dude, so speaking about the things that you were talking about, about all the needless, like, throwing mm-hmm. suspicion and stuff around, let's talk about some of the other characters in here that are just needlessly shady. Yeah. Like the fucking bartender, Jennifer right? Esposito. Jennifer Esposito. Very needlessly shady. Just a pretty lady they wanted to throw in there, I think. It seems that way. So the thing about it is, is that, okay, earlier on in the movie, whenever they do the call-in for the radio thing and they say the wrong capital for Brazil, right. and it was like, okay, false information, but they're going with it. Something is not as it seems, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, and duh. that's fine. Yeah. I'm actually cool with that. It's okay. Like, it is weird... Okay, it's real weird that Carla's like, oh my god, it's Mark in the morning, and at no point did they like have Mark in the morning talking. Like, if they had started the the thing with like, it's Mark in the morning, blah, 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 and like, 
coming up on Fourth of July. Like I'm. By the way, I'm solving all their exposition problems. You really totally. didn't need a guy driving by on a bike throwing fireworks to go. Nope. It's the Fourth of July. <laughs> like you could have just had Mark in the morning. Fourth of July. We're giving away a trip to the Bahamas or there whatever. You yeah. And then you set up when Easy. she gets the call. Like, oh, that makes sense. Again, these are the like the five minute long buff outs that this script could have had yeah that would have made it make more but sense that's exactly why each time i watched it i was like oh nobody cared nobody cared nobody no. cared this was about just like we will finish a project and put it in the theater and move on yes <laughs> so the thing is with her as the bartender like she's kind of like hostile it's like oh it's fucking closing yeah. season i hate these tourists and all that kind of yeah, stuff yeah. and like her specialty is making a dark and stormy and she tells them what's in it and she Names literally everything wrong. Yeah, nothing that she says is, is she right. She even says a specifically non-Gosling's rum. Like, it's supposed yeah. to be Gosling's rum with the Dark and Stormy. They own the fucking trademark on the Dark and Stormy, mm. apparently. And she names some other brand rum. She also says it has fucking Tabasco in it. Okay. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, so she's not a real bartender. I was right, like, this which, is more fakery going yes, on Yes, if, right? if that was the movie they were setting up, you know, like, we know Rio de Janeiro is not the capital of Brazil. We know that's not how you make a dark and stormy. Okay, this is, this. these are the indications. Probably when you go back and watch it a second time that she was helping out the killer. Yeah. But instead, that's just unrelated. Yeah. That's just meant to... She's just a bad bartender, I She's guess. just a bad bartender. <laughs> that's the that's that? That's the whole thing. Yeah. And but, then she like just disappears. Yeah. She's just a goner. Shows and up in a freezer comes later. Back with like twenty minutes left in the movie and then dies. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but then also Freddie Prince Jr. is also so needlessly fucking shady and yes. mean and aggressive and dark in this movie. Well, where like you know, like he said, he he yeah. turns down the trip. Even though he's got this engagement ring on the dock, uh-huh. because it was bring your engagement ring to work day yeah. on the dock. You gotta I guess. show your buddies, <laughs> right? Like, did, yeah. did everybody else bring theirs? I suppose. <laughs> what a horrible fucking idea! It's yeah. an expensive ass ring, man. And you're right next to the water. It was like a fucking carrot. It was yeah. huge, man. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, it was bring your ring to work day, I guess. <laughs> but then like he gets all super aggro and dark, and is like, I'm heading down there myself, and he's on this yeah. like mission to get down there and everything, because I guess he's figured out whatever's going on. Well. Part of this, I think, is that Ray is operating in concussion mode. Oh, okay. So he, like, everything, to him. everything up to that point was, I'm going to, uh, you know what? I fucked up. Like, I should have said I'm going to go on a vacation, which none of that makes sense. But <laughs> he was, his buddy's like, let's, you, we'll drive down there. You, you go Bahamas. We friends. Hooray. <laughs> like, it, it just like the plan makes whatever amount of sense it makes, but. Then he gets like uh, uh, run off the road and like jumps down that cliff and has a head injury. Yeah, he does. And then after that, he's like super aggro and stuff. By the way, common uh, to happen after a concussion. Oh, a lot of aggressiveness. A lot there of you anger. go. Okay. So he's working in concussion mode, and that's why nothing he does makes any well, what sense. Do you know? This turns out to be the part of the movie that does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> Because he's because nothing makes sense. So here's because the thing. he has a concussion. On his way down, he stops at that pawn shop. Uh huh. Yeah. And he demands to trade his engagement ring for a gun. Yeah. And this got my mind to thinking. <laughs> okay. About a couple different possibilities. All right. I was like, oh my god, 
did he just do the most patriotic thing of all time and decide it was a better idea to get her an engagement gun? <laughs> Honey, <laughs> I love you so much. Here's a nine millimeter. And you, and you slip you slip the trigger around her finger. Like that's the most fucking American thing I've ever heard. And of. to say yes, she fires a shot into the air. <laughs> To say no, she shoots him. That's how that works. Yeah, so then I was thinking, even at the end of the movie, I was like, I bet he's going to show up at the last minute and, yeah, fucking slip the gun around her finger and she's going to shoot the fisherman guy. That actually that would have be been awesome. better. That would have been way better. Yeah, like, I would remember that for a lifetime. Yeah. It's, like, it's the movie where the girl gets an engagement gun. Yes. That would have been that so great. Yeah, that would have improved this movie a million times. <laughs> if they like, if they had just embraced the absurdity or something, yeah. like just anything. But again, they weren't. They just weren't trying. Um, I, I do love though that in that scene that where he's at the pawn shop. Yeah, I was watching it, and I'm on my third watch, and I was like, "Wait a second, a guy experiencing a concussion." Wedding related in a pawn shop is Max concussion in Always Sunny when they try to fake their own death. Uh-huh. Was that inspired by I still know what you did last summer? And I think it was. I'm gonna go with yes. I think it was. Sounds right. I uh, Rob, Rob McElhaney is a very smart, very funny guy, and I've seen so many weird references in Always Sunny that I think he really was like. You know, you know that weird ass scene. In, I still know what you did last summer, where he has a concussion and trades a wedding ring for a for gun. gun. What? What if I'm wearing a wedding dress and we buy a grenade? <laughs> Maybe it's like that. I mean, honestly, I would not put. It past I wouldn't him. put it past him. Yeah, I, all, I, I, that's all I like. All I could think about at that point was just like, oh, okay. Well, at least maybe this inspired an always sunny scene. That's yeah, great. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. Well, other than his uh, very inspired engagement gun, one other bit of, <laughs> of shadiness, which I don't even know if I can call it shadiness, as mm-hmm. it is just outright being a terrible person. Brandy's character is uh-huh. the worst fucking friend ever. Yeah, she's not a good friend. No. no. She's no. like, hey, you know that guy you're still in love with? Man, fuck him. Go on vacation with this other new guy that we just met that we know yeah. nothing about. The you should go on a date with him. most boring guy, too. Like, yeah, he, he presents no, like, interesting, like, uh, character or anything the entire time like all we get from him is i had a bad childhood and i don't like flying and mckay pfeiffer is gonna beat my ass on an airplane yeah. mckay pfeiffer is gonna beat everybody's ass anybody he's talking to he is about to beat their ass or eat them or eat them yes he's beating ass and eating ass that's his game <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah there's no personality to him it's all just like uh, he's he's just milk toast like he's so boring yeah totally and, and that that actually would have been a good setup again if there's a slow reveal to us the audience that he is, is like part of this but again there's no slow reveal it's all one final reveal where we haven't really been led up to oh he's involved in this sure there's no way we could have guessed that yeah so it just it doesn't hit. Not at all. No. Like you, you. If you were, because like if they just had a few scenes that kind of nudged us toward he, toward he's involved in this, you'd have people in the audience like, "See, I told you," right? And they would care more about it. But they, there's none of that. Nah. You don't care at all. No. You're just like, oh, okay, this is happening. And you're also like, oh, it wasn't the voodoo man, right? Because I guess the whole thing is they were just like fucking, you know 
privileged kids on this island being like, yeah. he does a creepy religion. He's probably a murderer. This isn't Jesus. He must murder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. I, I, again, what would have been a cool reveal is, in fact, Estes was involved, and he voodoo rose this dude up from the grave, and that's Thank why he's about to Fuck it. That would have been more fun. Would have been more fun. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe that's what happened at the end, though, because in that epilogue, Gordon's Fisherman is back. Yeah. Let's talk about that epilogue here for a second. That makes no sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. How long after the events of the movie does the epilogue take place? Okay, so they're married and they've bought a house. They've bought a house. So there's been, I'm going to guess at least a year, probably, right? I mean, I don't know about you, about about your wife, but my wife always lays in bed and kind of like fans her fingers out and stares at her wedding ring and goes, (laughs) I'm so married. Like yeah. she does in this. Yeah, my wife does do that a lot. Just like, oh, right. Oh, fuck. I'm so fucking married. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes they do this thing where they take the ring halfway off the finger. They go halfway married. And they put <laughs> oh, it back on uh, all the back. way married. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're not my husband. You are my husband. You're not my husband. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just the fact that they just showed her laying in bed looking at her ring. Yeah, it's weird. She should have been looking at her engagement gun. Just twirling <laughs> it around her finger, man exactly what i wanted imagine if it was like fucking it was palladium with like diamonds in the handle Hell and yeah. stuff like engagement guns were like fancy like decked out yes. you know i want one now <laughs> yeah i kind of do too <laughs> kind of regretting my choice of this ring yeah i that okay the epilogue man the, my favorite part of the epilogue is freddie prince jr just brushing his teeth and then with going an electric toothbrush i like this thing oh this is neat <laughs> like where the fuck do you come from that you've never seen an electric toothbrush this is amazing you did he grow up amish what? I, I wonder if that was like a product placement but they forgot to actually place the product because right. he didn't say like i love this sonicare i love colgate yeah <laughs> okay and then like the whole thing is so confusing where she's in the bedroom and she like looks at this big teddy bear a bunch of times mm-hmm and it kind of looks like it moves a little bit, and then there's like a window, and it's open, and there's footprints, and yeah. she looks at the teddy bear, then looks at a mirror, and in the mirror, she sees the reflection of him under the bed, and then he pulls her under, then the movie's over. Did that make any sense even no. when I just said it? Because no. that's what's in the movie, and it also doesn't make any sense. No. I couldn't tell what the fuck was going on. Also, generally, if you get shot eight times in the chest, there, there's not a lot of coming back from that. And get covered in Jurassic Park mud. Oh, yeah, and get buried yeah. it, under mud. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to escape that. Unless you got voodooed. Unless you got voodooed. So, see, maybe they were setting up a voodoo uh, threequel there. Mm-hmm. With but, Godsmack on the soundtrack. <laughs> with a lot of Godsmack. Uh, but Jennifer Love Hewitt wasn't coming back for a, a sequel, so that kind of got shelved. And then we later get... I'll always knew. I'll always know what you did last summer in 2006. Direct a video. Oh my god. Okay. So at that point, rather than last summer, shouldn't it have just been that summer? Exactly. Yeah. It can't be last summer at that point. No. It's been years. It's been many summers since then. (laughs) I knew what you did several summers back. I knew what you done a while back. I knew what you done a while back. Actually, sounds like I'd watch that that movie. Yeah, Yeah, I'm on board for that one. Yeah. They don't get to go to the Bahamas, though. They do go to Florida. They go to Gatlinburg. Yeah, they go to Gatlinburg. <laughs> I know what y'all done, done did a while back. <laughs> Set in Gatlinburg. Set in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Maybe yeah. Myrtle Beach. Maybe the sequel's in Myrtle Beach. I'm pretty <laughs> yes. sure. We want a trip to Myrtle Beach, y'all. 
<laughs> Can't wait to buy a rebel flag swim trunks. So whenever they got off of the island, how did they explain all the fucking bodies and corpses and stuff and why this person was trying to kill them? How do they explain that away? How do they do? Uh, yeah. How do they like the, the, the conclusion of this? Because the first one, it's like they, there's no police involvement. Yeah. The conclusion yeah, of this would be DL. a huge investigation. Yeah, it's a fucking resort with corpses yeah. all over it, man. You're probably not going to be a year later happily married in your own home. No. <laughs> There's still going to be a whole lot of questions. And what happened to Jeffrey Combs' dog? They gave us that like mean-ass Doberman That's at the good, first of the movie. Yeah. And his Bubba teeth. He had Bubba teeth for, he was for some, some reason. reason. I bet Jeffrey Combs was just like, I'm just going to wear these weird fucking I bet he teeth. just showed yeah. up. I was like, I wonder if anybody will notice. Yeah. And they didn't. He was like, all right. You know, I did have that theory that they, like, whoever got Jeffrey Combs was like, well, we need, like, because, so, like, we're not really doing much of a horror movie here. We need something that'll need satisfy the horror audience. Yeah. So they brought him in, and he was like, oh, I see what you're doing. I'm going to wear fucking bubble teeth. Yeah. I've been in much better <laughs> movies than this, so I'm just going to have some fun here. Yeah. Man I, alive, I dude. agree with him. That's a good choice, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well have fun on this. I mean, I remember it about it. Yeah. I'll say that, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of things about this movie that I absolutely will not remember in, like, a week or two. Oh, yeah. And I'll no. probably end up, like, watching it again for some dumb reason. Yeah. And then when you do, it'll be more fun because you'll remember probably. all the things it could have been. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Like, there is so much potential for this to have been at least halfway decent if yeah. they just would have spent fucking... And we've been doing this damn podcast talking about it for like an hour. Yeah. Like just that much time into it, you could have had something that made Absolutely. a lot more sense. Absolutely. I, d I just think they, yeah, they obviously very much didn't care. Didn't it was care. about cashing in and that's, you know, that's what it is. Um, Why don't I hate it more than I do? Exactly. Why don't, yeah, it's, I don't hate it that much. I like, it's not like Final Destination to me where I'm like, okay, what the fuck? The entire, <laughs> like, I am like, what the fuck? But I'm not. I, I could see where they may have been going a little bit, whereas with Final Destination, it's like, okay, so just random chance kills a bunch of kids. Gotcha. This, it's like, I, I'm i like, okay, so what what possibly would lead to this situation? Because the movie doesn't give you a whole lot of why all these different things are happening. Yeah. But then it tries so hard to explain why other things are going to happen. And my brain the just... The priorities are weird. Yeah, my brain watches it, and it's just like, I guess, entertained enough by that. By the, like, yeah. the way those things clash. Like, you didn't explain this, but you explained why she would go to a tumbling dryer later. <laughs> like, I just don't... <laughs> why? I think there's something in here, too, where there's a certain appeal to our brains of watching this and being like, I'm smarter than the people that oh, made yeah, this. Definitely. Like there's I, some self gratification yeah. that goes on when you watch mm -hmm. a movie like this where you're like, Well, I could have done that better. Yeah. This would have been better. Like it's so yeah. easy for anybody to watch this and be like, I'm more creative and smarter than people that made this. Yeah. And that does self care. That is nice. It's self care. It is nice to feel like that. I think that's why people watch a lot of like you know, uh, reality TV and stuff where it's just like, oh, I'm better than these people. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. watch reality TV, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this, man. Like, there are better movies that I've hated more. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, okay, here's one. Just fucking weirdly enough, I hated Once Upon a Time in Hollywood more than this movie. Really? I don't know why. Well, you were bored by it's it. It's fucking boring it's as shit. It's long and you were bored by it. Yeah. yeah. And whereas this is just like stupid, fucking dumb, pretty people. Yeah. Uh, some murders and me feeling smarter about myself. Yep. That sounds more fun to me. 
<laughs> Actually, you're right. Yeah. So quote me and put me on the box for the fucking Blu-ray <laughs> re-release. This is better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I can't okay. tell you why exactly. I but... mean, I'll disagree with that, but I see exactly what you're saying. Right? Yes. Yeah, you're right. There that, are better like, movies that are worse to watch. Yep, 100%. They just don't have anything about them that makes you feel like you're enjoying yourself or at, at least better about yourself. I would totally rather watch this again than fucking The Conjuring. Okay. You know? All right. I, I, you know, I think The Conjuring is okay. Exactly. And this is bad. Yeah. Which is more entertaining. Well, you might be right. You know, I might watch. Ugh, I don't it's know. Hard to say, man. This is really frustrating me. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like I don't really know exactly how I should score this. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to score it real, real low. But it's a good move. Um, I, I, yeah, I'd say this for me. Let's see. I what did I give the Final Destination? It's it's Final Destination. Did level. Give Final Destination a one? I, I think. think so. so. I'm going to give this like a one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Final destination half. level, but it makes me feel better about myself being yeah. like, I'm smarter than the people involved in this. Yes. I'm going to go double or nothing. I'm going to give this a three. Okay. <laughs> because it's just so fun to talk about how stupid this is. Like, if not for that, that is movie, we it wouldn't is be sitting here talking about fucking engagement I games and stuff. I absolutely agree with that. I, you know what? Writing down the notes for this and preparing for this was not frustrating at all. I was like, this is going to be a fun episode. Yeah, totally. Hey, we're going to be shitting on it, but it's going to be fun. And sure enough, <laughs> here we are. We did it. Terrible movie. Yep. I look forward to hearing your all thoughts about it over on like the Facebook group and the Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, there's always some good discussions going on there. Mm-hmm. You can find us. Just fucking use that link tree. It's got all yeah. of our shit on it. Just Google link Dead tree, Lovely Link Tree. Dead and Lovely. You'll probably fucking mm-hmm. find it. Follow us on all the social media. Rate and review on iTunes. There's some new reviews that have popped up recently yeah. that are very great. Oh, Thank awesome. you all so much. Thanks. Mondo Appreciato. And if you want to get even more of us and get a chance to have your movie featured on a future episode then you should sign up to that old Patreon page. Yep. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there, become a patron on any level. You get access to the 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 uh, Patreon exclusive episodes. There are tons. Yeah, you get, uh, uh, become a $5 patron. You get to throw a movie into the smoking bowl. We randomly draw a movie out of that bowl, and we cover that movie on the show. That's right. You're darn tootin' that we do. So yeah, sign up today, and uh, the next episode could be yours. Ooh. But instead, the next episode is going to be... You know the drill, even though we may forget. Watch the Patreon drawing video tomorrow to find out what the movie is going to be next week. Oh my god, I can believe one of our patrons picked that because they're smart and like things that are nice. I can also believe that because of those same reasons. Exactly, Mm -hmm. we agree. Thanks for the support. Wonderful people. You are the best, peoples. You're the best. There we go. We did it. Be sure to tune in next week. We'll be talking about that and right there. And uh, in the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I have been Uncle Ben. I have been Hollywood Steve. We've been dead and lovely. Catch you guys on the flip side. What do you want? Just what you want. What did she say? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting huh? for? Rain review on iTunes. <laughs> I'm flashing my, my pectorals around here yeah, to, me towards too. the mic. Can you hear? Ah, whish, 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 ah. whish, whish. You can hear the wind. Whish, whish, here are my whish, boobs. Whish. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Okay, so I was walking past a construction site the other day, mm-hmm. and there's a Knoxville construction company called Christman. Okay. But it's spelled like Christman. Okay. So at first, whenever I saw it, I kind of laughed, and I was like, Christman! Mm-hmm. You know? And then I was thinking about what if Christman was like a Mega Man boss? <laughs> and I was like, man, he'd be like super strong and really hard to beat. Yeah. Unless you did it in the right order and you beat Nail Man first. Yeah, you beat Nail Man and yeah. then he brought like three shots. He's out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's the secret. But he throws crosses at you. <laughs> I hate these things. <laughs> they killed me with this. Take that. <laughs> Why would Jesus like crosses? I, I don't get it. It's really, really, really confusing. <laughs> it would be like if fucking Kurt Cobain came back and everybody's like, we wear these shotgun necklaces in honor of you. In honor of and he'd be you, like, Kurt. man, guys, that's fucked up. That's real fucked that's up. That's real fucked My up. My wife had me killed with one of those. Exactly. <laughs> he would say. 